Happy Wednesday, friends, and welcome back to Aquarius Behavior. I'm your co-host, Morgan. I'm your co-host, Samantha. Morgan, what's your bevy today? What's up? I'm rocking a double bevy. Mm. I have one at each side. (laughs) (laughs) As you said that, you put your hands in the air over your head and then had them come out gesturing to either side of you. So I can... <laughs> grab one with each hand. They're both slightly out of reach, though. Yeah, just a little bit. They like gotta... you can't grab both of them. At... <laughs> yeah, I can. I just have to sit forward. Okay. I'm just, uh, I'm lounging right now. I'm yeah. lounging posture. What's uh, what's in those cups? <sighs> I'm caffeinating and hydrating. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we got water, ice water, and then I've got a diet do mm-hmm. indulgent. <laughs> love fanciness this evening yeah it's a diet do in bottles this evening (sighs) okay the vibe is moody today in the pod lounge because what is happening today it is our season three debut of book nook book nook which if you're listening to this uh, for the first time, if you've come just because you saw the title of this and were like, oh, I know that book. Our podcast isn't normally like this. Book Nook is going to be a podcast within the podcast. It's mm. like podcast inception. Yeah. Podception. Podception. Mm-hmm. I love that. <laughs> and so we're going to do this Book Nook segment. Uh, the second and last Wednesday of the month. And so this is our first one, and we're super stoked about it. Sam, what are we reading? (gasps) We're just going to jump into it like we always do. Tingling. So we are reading Twilight. We're reading the first half of Twilight. We're reading up to chapter 12 Mm -hmm. or through chapter 12. It's been just a delightful ride so far. Would you like to just share what your experience has been as we've... uh, literally opened the book on this saga yeah okay so tell me what's going on with you girl okay i have so many things to say about this so uh for me morgan i'm gonna review a little bit okay about twilight thank goodness because maybe not everyone who has you know tuning in welcome welcome to aquarius behavior Mm -hmm. maybe you haven't read the book Maybe you haven't seen the movies. Maybe you have seen or watched either of those. Mm-hmm. So let's all get on the same page as we embark on this adventure together. All aboard. Choo-choo. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So this year on Aquarius Behavior, we are reading The Twilight Saga by Stephanie Meyer. We're starting with Twilight. Number one. Twilight. Okay, so this book, the the copy that we're reading is 403 pages. There's different volumes. And so depending on, you know, when when you bought this book or what version you got, if it's a hardcover, it's a paperback, it could vary. Right. So the versions that we're reading that we both got are 403 pages. And this book originally was published on October 5th, 2005. Oh, oh, good vintage. 
Nice year. 2005. <laughs> what were you doing in 2005, man? I have questions. Okay. Ooh, yeah, let's talk about that. So 2005. Mm. Let's see. Mm. In 2005, Morgan was 16 years old. Oh, She was a junior in high school. Yeah. Uh, she was in choir and band and bat band. <laughs> so uh, not very sporty. <laughs> not very sporty. Um, very into drama. Mm-hmm. And I think I was involved in the thespian society at this time. <laughs> I love that. We met in the greenhouse forum. <laughs> Holla. Now you're just trying to make me laugh. Um <laughs> Nope, those are all true things (laughs) that are just true things from my life. (laughs) Well, and then how old were you when you read Twilight for the first or how did you encounter Twilight Mm -hmm. then? Like, what's what's your journey? I okay, so I did not read Twilight when it came out. Okay, so I like I knew of it. I knew what was going on. I had a lot of friends who read it. I saw it around. Um. And at this point, I mean, the internet was around, but it was still, it wasn't what it is today. Mm -hmm. So, like, I could Google, but we weren't going to have, you know, as thorough of, like, a Wikipedia page as we would today have synopses. So, it was still a time where, like, you really had to read the book to know what it was about and what was going on. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to take a while for it to appear on SparkNotes. Mm So I first read Twilight a, like many years later in college. I think I was maybe a freshman or sophomore in college and I read it. So I read the first one and I read the second one. And I haven't read the others. That's why this season is going to be so good. <laughs> I'm so excited for this. And yeah. Mm-hmm. I can tell you. I remembered pretty much nothing after this first read through, yeah. uh, listen through. So my eyes have been opened. Oh, Let me tell you, fresh. This has been a transformative experience for Ooh. me. Um, I can't wait to get into yeah. it. Yeah. So I'm reading. So where I'm coming at, my perspective here is I am a 35 year old woman reading the Twilight Saga for the first time. Welcome. Thank you. I'm feeling vulnerable and I but this feels safe. So thank you. The pod lounge is absolutely a safe space. I think there's a lot of um vulnerability just in the pod lounge today. You know, it's beginning of season 3 plus it's book nook. Literally mm. our like beloved book nook that we mm. we see each other a lot outside of the podcast and we specifically do not talk about Mm-mm. the book we're reading we can't make eye contact about it nope. or whatever because we have to just save all that good energy for in here and i know that going into this season part of it was we've talked about in a previous episode i think it was over the summer we watched the twilight movies and we just had commentary about that and i learned a lot of new things about you and one of those things was that you hadn't read any of the last of the series Mm -mm. and so now you're telling me that you really didn't remember a lot of details from even this first book no interesting so we're on a yep so cool yeah i i have a lot i have a lot of post-its okay (laughs) 
I haven't even gotten to the post-its yet. No, we need to. I have so many. Because I know that you have a list and everything. And um, we're talking about 2005. And it just hurt my heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we need to talk about who are you? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. who's 2005 Samantha? Samantha in 2005 was graduating high school and getting ready for that community college baby. So, uh, yeah, that's where I took my astronomy class. <gasps> oh. I know. Was this the year that you took the astronomy class? Yeah, that was the year. <gasps> Shut mm-hmm. up. Yeah, so that was, like, what I was doing in 2005, 2006. When Twilight came mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. <gasps> and so, like, I remember putters about it, but I wasn't into it until someone in my bubble got way into it, and then I read the book within, like, like the movie was about to come out, so like I jumped mm-hmm. on the train like maybe six months to a year before like you know we knew it was in production, like we knew it was happening. Mm-hmm. Like Edward Cullen was going to be played by Robert Pattinson. You know that was just like the excitement. So okay. I announcements were made. Yeah, like yeah. I felt like mm-hmm. I was a fan from the beginning, and I was very just pro Twilight. Good vibes. Mm-hmm. You know, just a nice nostalgic book. And that was my experience encountering mm-hmm. it was just, it's just, uh, they're the same age group as we are, like as our human mm-hmm. bodies are right now. Like it's so, it feels so relatable going back and reading. Mm-hmm. So that was my experience with Twilight was um, jumping on the bandwagon right before the movies came out. Wow. And then, I, and then I went to a couple book premieres. These are for other days, though. We can talk about that oh, another time. So you you were really, it sounds like you were really immersed in the the cultural phenomenon that it was as it was happening. Yeah, I have Like, it sounds like events. you really actually experienced that. We made t-shirts for the book premieres. We went to midnight book releases oh, at the wow. MOA. At yes, midnight, small of America. What? Yeah, it was just so. It was such a fun thing to do, and so I have so many positive feelings about this series, and also I'm excited for us to look at it through our book nook lens. So, circling back to like vulnerability and like all the newness, we're starting a new series. Mm-hmm. We spent last season uh, working our way through Jane Austen, mm-hmm. and that was just absolutely lovely. And now we're dipping our toes into something more contemporary, uh, more, I think, relatable for a lot of our listeners who live in the now, who know what 2005 was. Oh, I just I just got a full body. <laughs> oh, man. It's it was a long time ago. <laughs> that was 19 years ago. I, I refused to do the math. And then I saw that you were doing it anyway. I don't like that. 19 years ago. I don't like that for me. Like, that's how old I was a year after I graduated high school. People who were born in 2005 are are legal adults now. That sounds fake. That's how long ago it was. But I also hope you guys are having a nice time. Welcome to the podcast. So that's Mm -hmm. perspective for me. Yeah. It's like, what happens when you get in your 30s and all of a sudden it's like, oh, Oh, I got I got some gray hair and I'm getting a little bit old. These whippersnappers, they got they're doing it. Wow. I know. <laughs> I have memories now of when I was young. When I <laughs> when I was young. All right. Let's let's get back to the post-it list, Morgan. Uh, yeah, please. I need to tell you a little bit more about this book. Please tell me like, more about why the book. Why are we reading this? 
What's this the was, point? What is the point? Okay. So we're reading this because like you said, last season we read Jane Austen's six novels, like her full novels and, and pieces of work. She has other things. Someday we'll do that. We'll talk about it. Tangent. Put a pin in it. So we read those and and we wanted to do something that was going to be as exciting for us because with Jane Austen, there was a lot of things to talk about just surrounding culture and history. And just we found the the social, I guess, kind of aspects of her novel, right? Just intriguing. And and it was fun and it was sassy and it turned out <laughs> Uh, people are you just guys, as sassy in the Regency era. Regency era is so sassy. Go yeah. read Jane Austen. Oh my gosh, they totally fuck. <laughs> uh, so that's then where Twilight came from, is because Twilight, what, like, let's have a conversation whether you like it or don't, because I feel every, it just seems everybody has an opinion. Like whenever I talk to them and it's you either like Twilight or you don't. It was one of the four things no going between. on in the late 2000s. Yes. There was only a few things going on and Twilight was one of them. You could not avoid it. No. You could not avoid this. Okay. So uh, that's one of the reasons we're reading this because this book is just it's it's been controversial. People love it and are obsessed with it. And there's riots about it. Just riots in the, the streets. <laughs> Then, and then there's also people who are like, uh, nah, it's not for me. Um, so that's what I find like so fascinating about this and the global phenomenon that it was. So did you know that as of right now, the Twilight Saga, like as a series, has sold around 160 million copies worldwide? Oh, that's amazing. It's a lot. So that's a lot. <laughs> A lot of people are reading Twilight and enjoying Twilight. Mm. Um, It also has been translated into 37 languages. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, since its publication. That's really cool. And granted, that's like the series as a whole. Okay, so there's that. Twilight, the book that we're currently reading, was followed up with three sequels, a novella, and also a reimagining which we're going to read at the end of the year. Okay, so the series spans on I think that's a really cool thing and just like an interesting concept. Um, I I don't I just like I love when authors revisit stories and I love when people just have a concept in their story, too, that fans come out and ask to learn more about. And then authors respond and say, yeah. I actually think about that all the time, too. Let me tell you what I think, and I'll write a book about it. I love that. I love that. I love this, like, culture and kind of, like, this fandom that Stephanie Meyer has created. That fascinates me. Like, absolutely. And she's got all these stories to tell. Heck yes. I love the idea of going back and playing in the sandbox with the fans. Mm -hmm. And I think that we are going to have a couple fun opportunities as we read through this book because we're going to be reading the short story of Brie Tanner. The short life of the short second life of Brie Tanner. There it is. The short second life of Brie Tanner. That was just like a mini bit uh, inspired 
out of one of the other books that we're going to be encountering. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, along with the sequels, the three original sequels, and then, like you said, the novella and the reimagining, uh, Twilight the Saga was then turned into a five-part movie adaptation, which was just a global phenomenon. I mean, reg- again, regardless of if you like Twilight or not, it's irrelevant because just the size and the magnitude of these movies was just immense. And it touched me. I went to them. I went to midnight premieres of these movies. Mm-hmm. My friends all did together. We made a thing of it. Yeah. And as scientists, Morgan, that we are with yes. our white lab coats, the cultural impact of these movies, why are they so, the books, why are they so, why do they speak? Why do they speak to so many people? Mm-hmm. It's wild, man. So that's what we're getting into. Also, an interesting fact that I found on the internet about this, get this. So we talked about how there's some controversial themes where there's like some people think there's controversial themes in this book. Well, the American Library Association listed Twilight among the top five most challenged books in the U.S. in 2009. Whoa. So that means so this book is also just a controversial book because it is a it's classified as YA young adult. And there's a lot of themes in this. Like it's about young people, teenagers. Um, it there's a lot of like sexual themes. There's, there's young violence. Love. Yeah. So this book has been considered controversial by a lot of people because of the sexuality portrayed in the book. There's a lot of scenes of violence, a lot of descriptions of violence, and also religious references. So very specific ones, like specific to Christianity. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people just have things to say about that. And so this is a book that has been banned by a lot of libraries um, that people have worked to remove from banned uh, book lists and and keep literature free and and knowledge uh, public and available for people. So that also just intrigues me, too. And, like, what's the deal with that? What is it? Because I don't understand, just personally for me, I don't understand banning books. I'm, like, I'm here for the conversation. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. It's not for me. No, and it's not for today, and we're <sighs> not going to mm. um, dip the toe into it. But I do need to say... Yeah, I don't have a lot that, to say like, and add to the conversation. Yeah, it's just, um, I'm just here to look and yeah. be interested. But I think that it's so interesting that Twilight made such a ripple throughout the entire, like, because it started as YA. But mm-hmm. because it has these themes of young love and forbidden love and uh, yearning, like sometimes the thing that I love about these books, it's not about like the obviously passionate, you know, loving moments. It's like the quiet glances, like in the Regency era. Oh, my gosh. He glanced her ankle. Oh, <laughs> they might be dating now. You know, it's the it's the. 
soft moments in here that I think they get overlooked when you look at this body of work as a whole. Because if you go through a highlighter and just highlight keywords, there's a lot of words in this one where it's like, oh, mm, wondering, wondering what they're talking about in the context mm-hmm. of that. Uh, but I think that there's such a sweetness to this book and an innocence to this book. And I'm really excited to uh, dig into it because you are listening to this because you know you know something about Twilight. Maybe you or someone you know has been affected by Twilight. Or maybe you haven't, and this is an introduction. Which buckle up, okay? <sighs> and disclaimer, so so that kind of, you know, this history, a quick history of this novel, if you're not familiar with Twilight, maybe the scope didn't reach you. No judgment. Uh, this is a safe space. But also disclaimer... We're definitely discussing this book from a fan standpoint. So, yeah. Have fun with it, I guess. We're here to have a nice time. I did. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I just, I blushed. There's a lot of just cute. Okay. So let's talk about our experience. So we always like to talk about, like, how are you consuming Twilight? Mm -hmm. What's the scoop? I'm noticing we each have a hard copy in front of us. I'm actually touching it as you're talking. Oh my god, it's very beautiful. Okay, so this cracks me up because we, uh, for Jane Austen, we had matching book sets, and we didn't talk about what set we were going to get of Twilight. And so I just showed up at your house one day, and you had this book set sitting on the shelf. And I commented on it and admired it and then told you that was the exact same one I asked for. <laughs> for your for birthday. For my birthday. <laughs> so I was like, I would love this to be a birthday present. So we continue to have matching sets of yes. books. Yeah. I'm just, it's incredible that we were drawn to the state, the same aesthetic. Yeah, the white ones. Yes. The white entire set. And then we bought Life and Death separately yeah because it didn't come with we had a whole conversation about that but yeah, yeah it's not books. it's not part of the canon mm-hmm. it's separate oh, but it's gonna be so fun to read yeah so it's gonna be different cover um yeah but i love this so this is we have paperbacks um our book trophies mm-hmm. <laughs> it's my book trophy because <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. i definitely listened to the audiobook again um but these ones so it's the white cover they're gorgeous i love it I really like the white it. edition yeah um and then the cover is just the like the apple in the hands but there's no lettering on it it's just sleek it's just a picture it's very sexy mm. i'm loving it it's chic it's chic <laughs> Ooh. So modern. Mm. It's so in vogue, as Bella would say. In vogue. <laughs> so that's what we're reading. Um, but I did also listen to the audiobook. So I did purchase all of the audiobooks because I thought, Jeepers, I'm gonna listen to these multiple times, and I sure did. So you did listen to them multiple times. I did. <gasps> okay. Yeah. And so I should say the um, first half it. of the first book. Yeah, so already worth it. Nice. Uh, so I've been listening to an audiobook on Audible, and it's narrated by Ileana Kadushin. Love her. Oh my gosh. Yeah, Does what does she, what's your experience just, with this one? Okay, so her narration voice, it is, uh, <laughs> I believe that she's a teenager. 
uh, it's like she has an angsty voice, like a character voice, without being too whiny. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing that's very, it's just distinct, is she has a distinct way of saying Bella, <laughs> which cracks me up. Yeah, what is she? How does she do it? It's Bella. <laughs> <laughs> and so every time, Bella. Bella. Every time. And so uh, that has been enjoyable. But I like her. Yes. And normally I like narrators who have really distinct characters. Uh, She doesn't. But it's. I guess it's just very smooth. And that's what I like about it. Yeah, she's like, there's something just soothing about her voice. Mm, yeah, so nice listening experience. It is a nice listening experience. So kudos, she's lovely. Uh, look her up. What have you been listening to or reading? Well, let me tell you, Morgan, I, uh, you know, had to get around the system of needing to buy the audiobook. So I first, you know, looked for like free audiobooks, whatever. Then... I found a podcast that is called Down to Sleep, Down to Sleep, and it has sections of classic books that are read by an Australian man, and in the background, there are rain sounds. So I had a very distinct, (sighs) a very distinct uh, Twilight experience with this one because I had to search through the podcast. There's like hundreds of episodes. That sounds calming. Just play a oh, second. I love just the for you rain to... sounds in the background. Is this? Did you fall asleep while listening to this? Winding its way out of the dripping green maze. Uh, it. Uh, some of them have rain sounds. Some of them don't have rain sounds. His name is his his uh, internet name is Mad Morph. Okay. He has a Patreon. And all of the deets are on the down to sleep audiobooks and bedtime stories. So if you hunt for them, you can find part one, two, three, four, five, six so far. I don't know what I'm going to do for the second half of the book, but that's a tomorrow problem. This yeah. Samantha found the first half for free. Even, well, I mean, like I pay for Spotify, so I guess not. But good luck, everyone. I've said before that I really like audiobooks narrated by women or female voices or more Mm -hmm. feminine sounding voices and so listening to a softly spoken australian man with rain sounds in the background it was very relaxing and it really helped me uh absorb the book in a different way which was cool Mm -hmm. so however you find your book friends good luck to you that sounds soothing yeah Mm -hmm. Well, I have a lot to say about this book. What? Are we ready to dive in? Oh, do you want to start Book Nook? Are you ready? Shall we? I'm looking to see if I had any more yeah. facts on here. Yeah, check out your post notes. Uh, nope, we talked about how many books. <laughs> nope, we hit it all. Stephanie Meyer. Shout out to Stephanie Meyer. Wow. Thank you, Stephanie Meyer. For real, love your work. Really excited. Really excited to talk about it this season. Morgan, where would you like to start? At the very beginning. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> okay. So, okay, so we listened to this. This was the most magical thing about our trip, I believe. So uh, we recently took a trip, a best friend birthday trip 
out to Washington State and we took a tour of Forks and we did so with our mutual friend, Michelle. Lady trip. Lady trip. La la la. So we went to all of uh, the locations mentioned in the book in the actual town Forks, Washington. Mm-hmm, we sure did. Uh, we went to La Push Beach. Yep. Uh, just hung about. We and looked at all the moss covered things. Oh gosh, it was magical. Got rained on. <laughs> this whole this whole book nook series, we're gonna yeah, sprinkle in fun stuff about our trip. So but. as we did that, that is when we listened to the full book, Twilight, uh, in the car. So on our way there, on and our way there, on our way there, back. back. <laughs> like we literally in the and sometimes sometimes in the cabin and we just put it on and the three of us would just hang out or whatever <laughs> and usually it i would awesome. be yelling hot from the other room yes. usually when there was something saucy happening yeah yeah it it's was a little saucy a magical time it was a magical time so i so okay so that was how we consumed it all together was all three of us uh having also been michelle had never listened to or read twilight so she was a newcomer i had only read it once a million years ago (laughs) and (laughs) um and you have read it and like are really immersed in it so that also was such a fun perspective for me was all three of us getting in the car because there were such very surprising moments for me and I got everybody got to just hear my expression and there were a lot of um there was a lot of commentary along with the book yeah <laughs> because there were moments where yeah it got a little it got a little saucy mm-hmm. got a little saucy um, I wouldn't say this book is spicy. That's the thing. There are like spicy books are a thing right now on the book talk. Yeah. I wouldn't say that this is spicy. There's no actual sex. Spoilers. Yep. So if you don't know Twilight, it's not that kind. No. Okay. Yeah. Go find. You got to find something else. Go read Priest. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy, <laughs> you want controversy? Um, but so, but like, I don't know. But I, it is like sometimes there's there's a lot of sexual tension. It, that's what it is because it's, it's just like young it's, love. It's Regency oh. era sexual tension. We've talked about previously in Book oh Nook God. how it's mm-hmm. the we've compared Jane Austen's characters to Bella and the average woman being put in an extraordinary situation and. I'm really excited to draw parallels between all of them. We're going to. I'm going to try not to do it all the time because if you haven't read those, it's irrelevant to you. Yeah. But you should just go back and listen to all of the book nooks from last season. Yeah, there's a, Jane a lot Austin. of content. It's great. So, okay. So this book, I uh, first of all, love everything about the start of this book. <laughs> okay. Yeah. First of all, I just love this cover. The imagery I've always thought this about the Twilight covers and they just look snatched and I love the bold symbolism. It's like dark. It's so of its time. It's so 2005. It's so 2005. Yeah. Like uh, I think about like kind of the track list that would be playing in the background of Twilight. It's just all like kind of grungy and vibey and yeah. And we have clear Christian imagery right here already Mm -hmm. on the cover, right? This is like very 
evident <laughs> that it's a reference to the book of Genesis. Yeah. And Eve with the apple from the tree of knowledge. Forbidden. Forbidden. Forbidden Eve. fruit. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we like we this is like sending very strong vibes. And so like I already know. I already look at this cover and I'm for something tempting here. This is good. This is going to be a little a little sweaty, okay? <laughs> we know right away what we're getting into. Yeah. I feel. Mm-hmm. Um and I love that. I love I am the person who judges books by their covers. I buy wine by their labels. <laughs> I'm that person. <laughs> yep. You got me with your aesthetic. It's the aesthetic. You got me, okay? That's why I have three copies of Pride and Prejudice. They just have nice covers. They're pretty. It's okay. Fine. So this is just striking. Mm-hmm. Um then and then past the title page, we just have this this page right here with a Bible verse on it. Yeah. What? Right away. Let's talk about that. Weird. So we've got the title page. We have the table of contents. And then before the preface, there's just this this random page with a Bible quote from Genesis in it. Sam, will you read this one for us? Sure. But of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou shalt eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Genesis 2.17 Then we turn the page and we get to this preface. And we're fucking dying already. Oh no! So I am in a whirlwind here, okay? Like first we're talking temptation. We're getting all biblical up in here. I'm just like having flashbacks to like Methodist Sunday school and sitting in the (laughs) tiny pews that looked like the big pews and the tiny chapel that looks like the big chapel for the grownups. I'm just, okay? It's sending you already. And now we're dying. I whirlwind. Okay, I'm sucked in immediately. I'm here for this ride. My emotions. (laughs) Okay. And now we get to page three of the book. And now the story actually starts. So I don't know what the fuck is going on right now. But I am on a ride. And I'm just like, is this a bad, is this a fever dream? Is this part of the narrative? Is this a flashback? Is this a flash forward? (sighs) But now I'm tense because I know something is happening. Yeah. You're already shot forward in the story where our whoever our narrator is. How do we know it's forward? Well, you know what, Morgan? You're right. We don't know. If we're reading this for the first time. Yeah, because you're right. I we don't know. I don't know. Because I've read it all. I don't know. But no, you're right. It's it's taking this chunk because we don't know who is thinking this. We don't know what the situation is. We just know that the last sentence is the hunter Mm -hmm. smiled in a friendly way as he sauntered forward to kill me. (sighs) Dude, intense. Okay. Yeah. Like it's this is like a young adult like novel, but it's a young adult novel. Oh, adult. Adult. Okay. And then I got another whiplash because the imagery changes yet again. Stephanie, Stephanie, what are you setting up here? Girl, you know what you're doing. You're mixing the pot here. Mm -hmm. (sighs) 
wow, she knows, she knows. Uh, so chapter one, first sight. I'm going to read this whole first page to you. I'm so glad you will. Because you. this imagery is important. Yeah. Okay. And I just, I put a big old post-it note on this page. It's understanding the setting of this book, I think, is integral to building onto the world. Mm-hmm. Gorgeous. Um, so this is the first page of chapter one in Stephanie Meyer's book, Twilight. My mother drove me to the airport with the windows rolled down. It was 75 degrees in Phoenix, the sky a perfect cloudless blue. I was wearing my favorite shirt, sleeveless white eyelet lace. I was wearing it as a farewell gesture. My carry-on item was a parka. In the Olympic Peninsula of Northwest Washington State, a small town named Forks exists under a near-constant cover of clouds. It rains on this inconsequential town more than any other place in the United States of America. It was from this town and its gloomy, omnipresent shade that my mother escaped with me when I was only a few months old. It was in this town that I'd been compelled to spend a month every summer until I was 14. That was the year I finally put my foot down. These past three summers, my dad, Charlie, vacationed with me in California for two weeks instead. It was to Forks that I now exiled myself, an action I took with great honor. I detested Forks. I loved Phoenix. I loved the sun and the blistering heat. I loved the vigorous, sprawling city. So that's our introduction oh. to our main protagonist, oh, Bella. That was beautiful, Morgan. Um, so like also, so here's the thing. Again, getting back to the first two pages of this book and the whiplash, and now we have this incredibly descriptive symbolism happening on the first page that is just so strong. It's it's just dripping, right? It's dripping. We've, yes. got, we've got this white, delicate lace happening, you know, she's that she's wearing and kind of presenting herself as like this sacrificial character. She's like a bit of a martyr, like, hey, I'm having to do this thing. We don't know why yet. But we can already see that, wow, this is like a turning point for her. This is a really difficult point in her life uh a big life event happening here new you know? season Drama. new season mm -hmm. brand new season yes so a lot of uncertainty um we also find out that like this this character like she values loyalty and duty um so we hear her talk about both of those things in the first page and so i'm getting this sense of just this like righteous character this person who who cares deeply for the people that they get close to and is very loyal to them. Um, so this is all just like very, very strong again. Like, character building. Just yeah. very strong character building. I'm finding out so much information right away. Um, I'm just like, I'm hooked. I'm in it. I'm here. Your claws are sunken. Oh, they are. Yes. Um, and we're also getting like these extreme dualities already, which I is like definitely a theme that continues throughout the book. Um, so like she's talking about sun versus rain, hot versus cold, um, things that she loves versus things that she hates. It's just all which I think is also just a very teenager thing. You know, like it's it's just so like of the character's time, like 
She's very sure of herself. And you're having um, opinions. Like as a yeah. young person, it's you as she's approaching adulthood. She's mm-hmm. approaching the legal age of 18 and she's learning about who she is and how she feels. Mm-hmm. And the passion. And the passion. And the passion. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so that's that's what I am getting right away in in this book as I approached it. <sighs> and I will admit, I was definitely thinking about the movie. Um but then I ran into lots of chapters that were not a part of the movie. Yeah. And that's that's the fun part about reading the Which book is the fun. yeah, the continuity cuz the book can only excuse me. The movie can only capture so much and a yeah. lot of what I noted in this book was a lot of Bella's internal thoughts because mm. I feel like that is really important to understanding her motivation because on the surface why is she making the decision she's making? We're going to find out. We just don't know yet. Mm-hmm. No. I will say that. I found Bella to be like actually. Okay. Because here's the thing. I've, I'm i familiar with the movies. And we don't get inner monologue in the movies. <laughs> and the movies are definitely more about the visual. Like it's about it's about the visuals. And it's about just like a feeling. It's definitely art. It's definitely art. Like, for sure, that first one's a vibe, right? Yeah. Um. So, like, this was so interesting to me, too, in terms of being able to hear Bella's inner thoughts. Because the way that she looks at the world is just not what I got from the movies. And she's so... I found her so much more self-assured. Um... And and just like more confident in the books, like she knows who she is and she is very OK with just like who she is and what her talents are and what her strengths are. She knows her weaknesses and she's just like, I don't know, that's just how it is. Mm. <laughs> and so I like that about her. She also just has a maturity. I mean, she's doing things. That I, as a 35-year-old, am still like, I have to cook dinner tonight and then wash all of the dishes. (laughs) She's she's over here meal planning. Making chicken enchiladas. Yeah, making chicken enchiladas. Mm. um, (laughs) And just, she's like fully self-sufficient at 17, Mm -hmm. which, you know, definitely says a lot about her upbringing and that she had to really be responsible for herself. But... She just seems like an old soul, man. That's what I get. I get old soul vibes from her. I'd like to add an additional paragraph that I noted at the beginning of the book. Uh, This is, again, some of her internal thoughts. She's looking at herself in the mirror. We're getting our first glimpse of who Bella is. She's not some tan, blonde girl from Phoenix. She's ivory-skinned. They say kind of pallid-looking. You know, I just, I think that I laughed out loud when I read this paragraph. She says, facing my pallid reflection in the mirror, I was forced to admire that I was lying to myself. It wasn't just physically that I'd never fit in. And if I couldn't find a niche in the school with 3,000 people, what were my chances here? I didn't relate well to people my age. Maybe the truth was that I didn't relate well to people, period. Even my mother, who I was closer to than anyone else on the planet, was never in harmony with me, never on exactly the same page. Sometimes 
I wondered if I was seeing the same things through my eyes that the rest of the world was seeing through theirs. Maybe there was a glitch in my brain. But the cause didn't matter. All that mattered was the effect, and tomorrow would be just the beginning. Oh my god. I love how emo this book is. It is so emo. And it's so, that's it's so, what people don't get. That's such a teenager thought. I feel and, like, yeah, it really sets the tone for what mm-hmm. her mentality is for the rest of the book. Because mm-hmm. we need to know that while she is, you know, a young person, a teenager, she's having these very deep, complex, comparing herself to her, her surroundings, the people that she loves in her life, her closest person, her mother, she's still out of step with. She just feels like she's out of sync with the world. Mm-hmm. It's it's deep vibes, man. Yes. And like as a 17 year old in high school. Ooh. Yes. That seems a scary place to be in terms of it's, you know, it's not a story about finding yourself. She knows who she is. And like you said, she just feels out of step. And so how sad is that? Like, oh, I do know who I am, but turns out I don't fit in anywhere and like I don't have my people. I just have to do my own thing, I guess. Yeah, like people like her, but there's just really nobody who understands her and is like really in sync. There's a feeling of loneliness at the beginning of the book. Totally. I love that because A, it is so, it's just dripping in melodrama and I'm here for it. Uh, And it definitely takes me back to when I was a teenager. I like, I understand the twy hard mom thing now. I get it. Yeah. When all of the these like middle aged women were reading Twilight and Twilight fans, I get it. It's people nostalgic. were shaming them because they were too old oh, for young adult you. literature. Fuck Absolutely you. not. Don't shame people. Get for out of reading. here. Get out of here. No, no shame. No, everyone's welcome. Read on. But I get it. Like because I think that as a human, you're always a little bit of your soul is who you were as like pre in previous ages. And like a little mm-hmm. bit of our soul is always 17. You know, a little bit of our soul is feeling those first feelings of like getting to know yourself and learning who you are and mm-hmm. what you like and what excites you and what, you know, scares you. Yeah. yeah. And that's something these are basic human emotions that we're starting off dealing with. It's just everybody at some point feels out of place. That's a general human emotion that we all can experience and connect on. So I think that's really beautiful. And like, it's intriguing. I can see why so many people read this. It's <laughs> Bella is a great... Stephanie Meyer does such a good job of painting Bella as a main character because by page, what is that, eight, nine? So by page nine, we have a very clear idea of who Bella is the internal thoughts, the cadence of mm-hmm. her thought process. Yeah, I'm loving it's her just, just like fuck everything vibes. Yeah. She's like, well, now I'm in fucking forks. It's yeah. raining. My dad's a cop and I'm just not excited yeah, about this. Just leave me alone. I just yeah. want to exist. I want to read my fucking book. There's like, 300 people at my school and I just don't care. Everybody is just like intermingled. Okay, so this is the thing too. So forks, uh, and, and we'll talk, like you said, we're going to talk more about our trip like in other episodes 
Uh, but the thing that just baffles me, I'm so happy we went there. Yeah. I have such a clear vision of this and everything is, it's just so on point. You don't realize how accurate it is. It's so accurate. Stephanie Meyer, you like truly described the feeling Mm -hmm. in Forks. Um, but Forks is an actual very small, like functioning town. Mm -hmm. Real people live there, uh, and, and work there. (laughs) Yeah, it's just, like there's a whole chamber of commerce yeah. and post office and so, um and, and so when we went there, it was interesting. It's a logging town, as we learned. And and so um it felt like I know towns that feel like that in Minnesota. Um and so it like I can now totally picture the description uh that she has of this town and like how Charlie talks about the town of just like everyone who lives here. And their children who live here, like, they live here and their parents lived here and their grandparents lived here and their great-great-grandparents lived here. Like, everybody has grown up together. Everybody knows each other. Everybody knows each other's second aunt once removed. Like, whatever. Why would you be the (laughs) new kid at school? Like, who's moving to Forks? So that's just, like, it's so awkward and just, yeah, that small town where just everyone is familiar with each other. Um. I feel that. And just like being in the town too. Yeah, it's just, it's a small town. There's just, it's just small and there's not much going on yeah. around it. Mm-hmm. So that is, you know, so we're getting like all of that imagery of, okay, where is she going? What is she doing? Um, the small town, why is it awkward? There's just so many changes. I'm immediately, I mean, like, I get she's angsty, but I'm kind of getting angsty as the reader right now. Well, and also, she gets there on a Sunday and she starts school on Monday morning. Like No time to process. No buffer. Like, she's just jumping in, packing her bag, and jumping into her new truck that her dad got her. Surprise. Oh, my God. I put a big old post-it on that. Oh, my God. Charlie, tears. Charlie is the unsung. Oh. Okay, just know that throughout this whole whole year, I'm always going to be thinking about Charlie over here, even if I don't mention it, because his journey and his point of view is just so unique. And he has his daughter who's moving here from Phoenix. And Bella bought, or brought a whole like sack full of money to buy her own car. And Charlie finds a car for her mm-hmm. a old pickup truck and it's waiting for her in the driveway when they get there yeah yeah this like and the situation is kind of awkward i wouldn't say like i wouldn't say she's estranged from her dad but she doesn't live with her dad full-time like her parents are divorced they've been divorced since she can remember like since she was born um and so that's like all we know going into the book mm-hmm. is that they're not together. She spent a couple weeks with her dad every summer. And that's kind of it. And so now she's coming to live with him as a teenage girl in puberty. Going to live just with your dad. Yeah. Out in the middle of nowhere. This is. Yeah. It's I, it, Bella is putting herself in oh a very gosh. unique situation. And then to have this gift it's also i don't know about you but like i don't receive gifts well like i love gifts but it's also like oh golly you didn't have to do that and i feel like there's that moment with her and her dad Mm -hmm. when she's like she's so excited that she has a vehicle but also it's like oh wow like 
this is his love language. This is yep. his love language. Definitely sweet. his love language. I'm immediately intrigued by Charlie. I have so many post-its that just Great. say, Charlie! <laughs> uh, team Jacob, team Edward, team, team Charlie. Charlie. I will tell you, like, I... I think I'm just Team Charlie right now. Mm-hmm. Wow, um, I noticed him a lot. <laughs> a, like <laughs> I noticed him a lot, a lot. Okay, mm-hmm. and and that was the first one. Um, and and I just thought that was so sweet, uh, so sweet. I I have a father whose love language is acts of service, and so I definitely relate to that. Yeah. I see that, and it resonates, and I think it's very sweet. And he does that a couple times. Yeah. He buys her a truck. Mm-hmm. He sneaks out in the morning and puts like snow chains on her tires one day. Yes. <sighs> so cute. Little things. Doesn't even say anything about it. Doesn't make fuss. I mean, it's so sweet. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. So another thing I have to say, okay, because I t- talked a lot about him, right? <sighs> Let's talk about the Cullen descriptions, okay? <laughs> because, <clears throat> all right, because we get two descriptions of the Cullens. We get the description of the Cullens through Bella's eyes mm-hmm. um, as she sees them in the cafeteria on Monday. And then we get Charlie's perspective <laughs> later at dinner. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which melted my heart, <laughs> let me tell you. So, <laughs> um, so okay, so the Cullen's description. Um, so I found this also just like very of its time. Stephanie Meyer uses like pop culture references in her novel, and so. I found myself wondering, so like, for example, when she introduces Rosalie and the description of her is, you know, she looks like somebody who would be on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Swimsuit Swimsuit issue. Okay. And so and so that to me, I'm thinking, wow, that is such a pop culture reference. That's very of its time. So then my thought was, oh, my gosh, (laughs) in 200 years is someone going to read Twilight and have to Wikipedia that and be like, what was that? What was Sports like Illustrated? Like we did with Jane Austen novels. 100%. I don't know. Um, but I liked that. And and the descriptions, I didn't realize how the kids were described as related. And so Edward, the story is that Edward and Emmett and Alice are siblings. And then Rosalie... And Jasper are siblings. They're the Hales. Wild. So when so when they're dating, it's fine because they're not technically siblings. But I guess that I didn't. When she I don't says, know why I never thought of that. <laughs> like, duh. <laughs> they're very nice looking. I struggled with the conspicuous understatement. Yes. Jessica agreed with another giggle. (laughs) They're all together, though. Emmett and Rosalie and Jasper and Alice. I mean, and they live together. Scandal. 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 
I like it though. It's like all of the kids with brown hair are going to be related, <laughs> and then all the kids with blonde hair, yeah, yeah. are going to be nothing else matches. That's right, but and they're just so beautiful. Same hair color. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're all just so beautiful. Um, there was also just like so much more mention of how tired everybody was, just like haggard. And so I was very aware of that. Like no one is ever. You never sleep. Yeah. You just and never. So, you're just kind of tired and bored with it. Yeah. So I just I got more. Uh, I guess a stronger image of them. Like they're just like these beautiful, almost like porcelain-looking dolls. Not even like human-like, really. And just so tired. They're tired. Just so tired. <laughs> like bags <laughs> under their eyes. Uh. So love that i and it's so hard for me not to compare to the movie and we're not doing that until later <sighs> it's not until this summer but you know just like it's on point way to go when i go. think you know this we were talking about this before we started recording of getting into this series part one of the first book there's just a lot to talk about because there's a lot of layers and we're setting ourselves up for the rest of the year even though we want to compare it to the movie, because I want to talk about Kristen Stewart and oh, oh my goodness, I have a lot Robert to say about Pattinson, yeah, Taylor Lautner. But here's the thing: um, the imagery in the book and how Stephanie goes through as a reader, I have a very clear description that these are beautiful, almost like alabaster, statuesque, like gorgeous supermodels just grazing this rainy ass town in Washington with their beautiful presence. Yeah. It's like Megan the Stallion walks through your high school cafeteria. NBD. And you're supposed to believe that she's a junior in high school <laughs> with you in your biology class. Like what? Yeah. No. Yes. No. Thank you for that mental image. (sighs) No. (laughs) Okay. So, so like that was, that was what we got from Bella. Mm -hmm. Okay. But then in chapter two, on page 30, we get to hear a little bit of Charlie's perspective. Yes. And he is he ever hot for the Collins? Oh my God. Because Bella's like, hey, dad, you know offhandedly what do you know about those guys yeah so let's read a little bit about that okay do it we'll start with bella they the kids are a little different they don't seem to fit in very well at school charlie surprised me by looking angry people in this town he muttered dr cullen is a brilliant surgeon who could probably work in any hospital in the world make 10 times the salary he gets here He continued getting louder. We're lucky to have him. Lucky that his wife wanted to live in a small town. He's an asset to the community. And all of those kids are well-behaved and polite. I had my doubts when they first moved in with all those adopted teenagers. I thought we might have some problems with them. But they... (laughs) But they're all very mature. I haven't had one speck of trouble from any of them. That's more than I can say for the children of some folks who have lived in this town for generations. And they stick together the way a family should. Camping trips every other weekend. Just because they're newcomer people have to talk. It was the longest speech I'd ever heard Charlie make. 
He must feel strongly about whatever people were saying. I backpedaled. They seemed nice enough to me. I just noticed they kept to themselves. They're all very attractive, I added, trying to be more complimentary. You should see the doctor, Charlie said laughing. It's a good thing he's married. A lot of nurses at the hospital have a hard time concentrating on their work with him around. Okay, so Charlie. Hello? Love that. Yeah. He's just like backing up the local doctor. He's recognizing the value that they bring to the community. I'm also reading a bit of pain in his speech. Like the way he talks about how he's lucky that it's lucky that his wife wanted to live in a small town. Because what we know of Charlie is that Renee didn't. So, oh, I know. Ow, so Morgan, that, come on, man. So that speech like really <laughs> hit me. Yeah. It hit me in the tit. <laughs> it got you. It got me. Um, because that's how I read it. And and I didn't actually get to that conclusion until later in this segment. Um, so now I can't read it without thinking that. Yeah, that hurts you know? my heart. Um, so it's just like my heart melts because just like seeing her dad get excited about something like that and really stick up to people. I can see uh, the same loyalty in him that we were seeing in Bella's character just right away at the beginning of the book. It's like, oh, so that's where you get it from. Yeah. It's hmm. standing up, standing hmm. up for the people. Understand. Turns out she's really like her dad. Um, also, Charlie is hot for Carlisle. Obviously, and I want to read that fanfic. <laughs> That's right, because you know it's out there. I am not the first one to say this. There, I have, I have more post-it evidence of this later in the book. So, uh, love that we're just introduced to everybody right away. I love, I just love a fast-moving book. Just. I don't need a big intro. No, by like page thirty <sighs> and forty, we yes. are now like explaining like the details. Yes, and I doing know, the daily life. I know all the main players. Everyone's been introduced for the most part. Um, I know people's reputations. Oh, reputations! You know, yes. I've been introduced to the social arena of forks, <laughs> and tears. I have my armor on, mm -hmm. and we're ready for book battle, baby. <laughs> Let's do it. So uh, that's what that's what I like about Twilight right now. Just the energy. It's like it's a fast paced book. Oh, man. It's quick. Yeah. So everyone's obsessed with Bella. <laughs> her commentary. I mean, who wouldn't cracks be obsessed me up. with Bella? Yeah, it's her inside it, thoughts are really good. Like, but that's that's the thing, though, is she spends the whole time thinking, why the heck is everyone so obsessed with me? Like, I'm not, you guys, not that great. Like, you've got some supermodel Collins over here, and you're just all obsessed with me because I'm new, and I'm different, and everybody just wants to be popular. Yeah, have you just, have you seen the Collins? Again, just her strong sense of self, and she's just like, this behavior is stupid and primal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> she's the new shiny thing. Yeah, she's just the new shiny thing. And her dad is the chief of police in the town. <sighs> Prestige. Her dad, her dad is a public figure yeah. in the community. So uh, I just, I like that. I just like her awareness and I don't know, she's just down to earth. I just like Bella. 
I like her. I'm a fan. Right? I'm going to say it right now. Yeah. Might change later, but I'm a fan right now. It's a strong start <sighs> for a not. I could just She's just cool. from like if you take the first hundred pages, just Bella is a very well developed character very early in the book. I like her. Gorgeous. I like her. So, uh, yeah, uh, I have a post it at the start of chapter four mm-hmm. that just says, "Boys be loco, disadvantage on self respect." <laughs> um, yeah. Because it pretty much just is like all these boys throwing themselves. There's just so much courtship. I enjoyed that part too, uh, which resonated just with the themes that we had last year Mm -hmm. uh, with Jane Austen. Because that's all it is. It's just, just all people talking about where they sit in the social ladder yeah and who's gonna marry who and who's dating who and who's kissing who and what's going on who's engaged to who and whatever yes and that's kind of what this was like that's kind of what just high schools in general isn't it but they we have like three boy i'm gonna say boy characters <laughs> yeah, our high school boy <laughs> characters that we meet our right boy characters. yeah we have mike <laughs> we have it for the boys yeah Okay. Yeah. Where are the yeah. boys? So we have what Mike Newton. Yes. His dad owns like the sports shop. Spiky hair. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we have Eric. He's like the techie mm-hmm. AV. Mm-hmm. You know, a genuine nice guy. He's just the nice guy. Yeah. Uh, and then we have Tyler, who yes. almost runs Bella over, but we're not there <sighs> yet. So we have these three boy characters who are all circling and there's some very cute and funny conversations between the boys in front of Bella. Like they're not trying to hide that they are pursuing her, but like in a um, I don't want to say friendly way because that makes it sound too tame, but it's obvious that they're pursuing her romantically. They're vying for her attention. Like the boys are making it very obvious that they think they're trying to do nice things for her. They're meeting her specific times of the day before and after class, whatever. Walking her to class. Okay, yeah. this also like nostalgic vibes. Like, oh my God. I remember just yeah meeting somebody at their locker after class passing notes to each other. I've never walked faster in a hallway than when I needed to meet someone at their locker. Yes. Because in 2005, I had a cell phone, but I had to pay for text messages. <laughs> so I didn't have unlimited texting. So I passed notes to friends. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we're, that's how we communicated. We're old. Um, so I'm just like this whole, yeah, like these chapters of just high school. I love, first of all, that it just like started off with a bang. And then we like settled and it was just, it's a few chapters of just, let's be in high school for a couple weeks. Yeah, and we like, got to go be to high class. schoolers. Mm-hmm. And I felt immersed. And all this time, we're just fucking flirting with everybody. Yeah. Like, you want to talk about flirty as fuck. Hello. Twilight, baby. Yeah. Okay? Everyone's flirting with everybody. It's open season for it's flirting. It's so cute. And everybody is so awkward. <laughs> Which reminds me yes. exactly of high school. Like... We're just learning, like, okay, I have a strong sense of self, maybe, but, like, how do I share myself with other people, and what are my boundaries, and how do I socialize? 
And Bella's also the kind of character that sees everyone else's journey as well. So, like, she sees that, like, maybe when Mike is flirting with her, that there's just, like, a crestfallen look on Jessica's face. Mm -hmm. What's that about? So we're also, like, learning these um, yearnings. There's some yearnings, Morgan. There's some yearnings developing. Uh, Mm -hmm. And so because she's so intuitive or aware of her surroundings, we get a lot of little extra moments uh, that just shows how perceptive she is, Mm -hmm. I think. And it was just high school. It It was just high school. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bella's she's empathic, mm-hmm. and she does notice a lot. Yeah, and a lot of her narration is just observing her surroundings. Mm-hmm. It's I would say it's kind of fifty fifty. It's like things are happening to her, but fifty percent, if not more, is just her observations of here's what's going on around me. Yeah, because I'm hoping nobody's going to talk to me. Exactly, <laughs> just be here. I feel those vibes very strongly. Yeah. Just like middle age vibes. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know, I think that it's also like, does Bella just sound like a woman in her 30s trapped she in a 17 year old? Yeah, I think to that's me. why it's just so relatable. It's just relatable. It's nuanced enough for the young teenager to jump mm-hmm. in, but it's also deep enough for when like you lived a little bit of life and then you look through Bella's life. It's like, oh, Stephanie Meyer. Mm, I see you. Okay, there's also a point when she is being introduced to the Collins in the cafeteria and the girl next to her is telling Bella all of their names and she notes mentally that those are all, you know, old sounding names. She's like, wow, those aren't like contemporary names. And her thought is that must be in vogue here. Who says that? That might be in vogue here. Who says what teenager, what 17-year-old person is gonna say that? Bella does. As opposed to Morgan. that's popular. <laughs> I mean, old soul alert. Hello. Yeah. Absolutely. So wow, we're just trucking along living in high school. Um, okay, so we get up to pretty much this is like cool. I remember this. Like these are all scenes in the movie. Mm-hmm. Then we get to chapter five. Blood type. Okay, so Hold on. So just um, for those of you who haven't read the book, uh, at some point, like, you know, Edward exists and he's he's now saved her from the van because that yeah. happens in chapter four. Yeah. And so they go to the hospital. We meet hot Dr. Cullen. Yeah, we do meet hot Dr. Yeah. Cullen. And so like there's okay, some let's, really, yeah, let's rewind. <laughs> I just let's take a moment because I this is why Book Nook is going to be like. Just we have a lot to talk about. I have so this much is this is why we chose this saga because it's gonna be a saga. It is a saga. So I just want to note like twelve things about this. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so yeah, um, go. I love how Stephanie just lures us into our false sense of security because we put our snow chains on the truck. We're driving to school. We're just having a boring morning in march or whenever it is but it's frozen like we've remarked that it's frozen and then she sets the scene up where bella comments on that she sees edward this guy that had a really strange reaction to her when she first walked into biology and he got all clenched up and weird (laughs) and now they've been kind of talking she sees him across the parking lot because her she's just so hyper aware Mm -hmm. of him uh, and then all of a sudden, 
Tyler, one of our high school boys, Tyler. he just takes a corner too fast and his van goes careening towards Bella, who would be smushed by the van into her truck. But Edward jumps in and mm-hmm, mm-hmm, all of mm-hmm. a sudden he totally told her that he was right there and yeah, she just hit her head. But she's pretty sure that she saw him across the parking lot. Yeah, that's very weird. weird. So like some weird things are happening mm-hmm. and Bella's just minding her own business. <laughs> just trying to get along. And Edward's being a weirdo. He's being a weirdo. Yeah, he is. She's puzzled. She's puzzled by who by who he is. Okay, I just need to go through he like these also, three pages. Yeah, please. Mm-hmm. So right now he's also like I'm getting very Darcy vibes from Edward. Like he's very hot and cold. He looks constipated most of the time. He's just rude. Seems just like he doesn't know how to social. Mm-hmm. And how only, do you make friends? And not only that, after he saves Bella, uh, he just like gives her the silent treatment. They're so, so weird. Now it's like this dude had a weird reaction to her. He saved her, and now in her mind, she's wondering. Does he regret saving me? Because what's that about? He's also gaslighting her. Oh my gosh, so much gaslighting. And, I'm gonna and she's just being furious about it, which I love because oh, her anger is yeah, so good. And she's just like, it's totally pissing her off. And so she's like, fine, I'm just not gonna talk to you then. Okay, bye. Like whatever. <laughs> being a fucking weirdo. Okay, I found where I wanted to read. Oh, great. (laughs) Please read it. Okay, so this is where they are just hanging out in biology talking. And Edward was staring at me curiously. That same familiar edge of frustration, even more distinct now in his black eyes. I stared back, surprised, expecting him to look quickly away. But instead, he continued to gaze with probing intensity into my eyes. There was no question of me looking away. My hands started to shake. Mr. Cullen, the teacher called, seeking the answer to a question that I hadn't heard. The Krebs cycle, Edward answered, seeming reluctant as he turned to look to Mr. Banner. I looked down at my book as soon as his eyes released me, trying to find my place. Cowardly as ever, I shifted my hair over my right shoulder to hide my face. I couldn't believe the rush of emotion pulsing through me. Just because he'd happened to look at me for the first time in half dozen weeks, I couldn't allow him to have this level of influence over me. It was pathetic. More than pathetic. It was unhealthy. I tried very hard not to be aware of him for the rest of the hour. And since that was impossible at least not to let him know that I was aware of him. She's just having a whole lot of feelings in her heart about what is this dude? Why does he have this? Why is she drawn to him? Why is why is she drawn to him, Morgan? And why is he now not talking to her after he saved her from the van? Mm-hmm. And why is he telling her that she hit her head and she doesn't remember, right? And that he actually was standing next to her and not across the parking lot? What is all this about? Well, we have a mystery to solve now. Mm-hmm. I it love sure it. It sure sounds like it. Detective. I, all of this is happening in the first hundred pages, which yep. I love. Again, action right away. 
mm-hmm. and everything just seems boring and we're just mopey and then all of a sudden well bam drama mm-hmm. immediately so yeah edward's just being weird okay so the other thing they're lab partners so they cannot avoid seeing each other which is the worst because high school is small and in like american high school science classrooms are usually set up where you're sitting on a stool Uh with no backrest and you're up at a like it's just a a it's just a very intimate space that Stephanie has created for mm-hmm. us to explore these first feelings and development. Mm-hmm. I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> Great. That's how I feel. Yes. So, blood type. Okay. So, this chapter, I'm obsessed with this chapter. Yeah. Obsessed. This was not in the movie. And let me tell you, it is a shame. It is downright shame. I'm glad that you agree with the opinion that I did not even need to voice. Oh, my gosh. I, this is a crucial scene for me. Yeah, let's run our audience. Morgan, would you please run our audience through this chapter? Yeah. So in one of their classes, they're doing like testing their blood types. And so they all have signatures from their parents and they have to prick their finger and do a little kit with it. And so during this class, Bella gets really woozy and has to go to the nurse. We find out during this time she's intercepted by Edward, who goes with her. And so we find out that she gets is like can smell the blood, essentially. And so she's like, oh, my God, blood just has a very distinct smell to me. It's very strong and it makes me nauseous. And Edward gives and her a what the fuck yes. look. And so it's just a very, you know, such a vampire thing. It's just, oh, interesting. Here's somebody who, you know, gets sick at the sight and the smell of blood. That's weird that she ha- like has such a strong reaction to the smell. Usually it's people seeing it. So this whole thing. And also there's just so much interaction with Edward. I feel like the movie was so fast. There's so much courtship like their courtship is just longer and more detailed in the book and you get to do it in high school so you get to be a high schooler Mm -hmm. meeting a dude between classes some dude walked you to the nurse's office but then edward intercepted you and it's like no mike newton i don't need you to keep walking me to the nurse yeah (sighs) no and so this was where the book started to get cute for me like because it's just you think they're enemies, and just like, for some reason, Edward is just being a poo head, mm-hmm. and we don't know why. Um, he's just being very proud, and and then now he's starting to turn, and now he's like curious about her, and he's like trying to actually help her and do nice things for her, and he's asking a lot of questions, like just getting to know her. He's so awkward, (laughs) like the most awkward Mm -hmm. human, but not, which we know. Mm -hmm. So this is where, yeah, it just turns for me. It starts getting cute because they actually start having conversations at this point. And this is also just like where it's nostalgic for me because, oh, my God, young love. Like, do you remember being in love for the first time? I was Mm. just obsessed and it was just all like. Tell me about you. 
tell me the things you like, tell me the things you don't like. Oh my gosh, just the curiosity. I find it so pure. It's just like that is what I'm enjoying. It's just kind of them and, and asking the most mundane things too. Um, so I find that so cute. And just the the genuine falling in love that is going on. Yeah. And and it's just cute because like it's quiet. Because you know, I can see it and I'm seeing it as the reader. Like I know intuitively, <laughs> you know, the front of the book, temptation. We know someone, there's gonna be something happening here. So I just know intuitively as a reader, oh my gosh, they're falling in love right now and I'm seeing it happening, happening, but they're not aware of it yet. Like there's still a lot of angst at this point. There's a lot of confusion. There's some anger. There's annoyance. Yeah. Um, Which I also, I find funny. This book is so funny to me. Like <laughs> I just find myself cracking up. There's a sense of humor, yeah. Yes, because like I find that hilarious because I like those are parts of falling in love which again is just like such a human it's just a human experience like I think most people can relate and there is like the bit of it that feels like you're not fully in control um there's the bit that's exciting that's scary and also confusing and annoying and but you're also falling in love with another person who's just another human like you are. And so they have their own habits and way of thinking that's different from you. It's just such a wild process. And so I love just the yeah, the dramatic way that Stephanie is presenting this. And it's just so cute and sweet. I'm I, I'm just living for it. I listened to this four times. <gasps> Morgan, usually, four times. Usually, you just like I know. Get in, get out. Yeah. The morning of, I am. Nope. It's because it is a great story. I just had so much fun with it. I love the part <sighs> in this chapter. It says, "My mom always says I was born thirty-five years old, <laughs> and that I get more middle-aged every year." I laughed and then sighed. Well, someone has to be the adult. Mm-hmm. I paused for a second. You don't seem much like a junior in high school yourself, I noted. He made a face and changed the subject. I just, I love how we're just, yeah, we're being, we're having moments of mystery and intrigue. Mm -hmm. We're having moments of like truth and vulnerability, but then also like the details are cloudy and, you know, Mm -hmm. we're not being totally upfront and forthright. So Bella's Mm -hmm. like, her alarms aren't going off, but she's just like, what is this dude? What is this dude? What's going mm-hmm. on with him? And now he's talking to me again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would say she's definitely like she's feeling annoyed at this point mm-hmm. because she's like drawn to this guy. She's thinking about him a lot. She's like, I mean, yeah, like I'm super attracted to him. Show wing. Um, <laughs> but also he's annoying and rude and he's dumb. So like, what is going on? Mm-hmm. Why? Ugh, so frustrating not being in control like that. I so this is also they show a little bit more in their interaction here of I I saw a lot more of their similarities like the way that Edward and Bella like joke around they're both super sarcastic 
oh my god <laughs> like <laughs> yes very macabre humor yes. sometimes yes mm-hmm. just like kind of this dark dry humor and that's kind of the majority of their dialogue is just kind of like riffing yeah. um <laughs> it's very playful and you know just both of them such emo teenagers so after Bella mm-hmm. and Edward yeah. have this, like, us as the audience, we have our brief, like, high school whirlwind, you know, mm-hmm. what is a flutter in my heart? And then Bella's like, hey, Edward, do you want to come to La Push with me and all the other kids? Because I was invited there. And he's like, nah, brah, mm-hmm. La Push, not allowed. Mm-hmm. He doesn't say he's not allowed, excuse me. He says, La Push, no, I'm busy. I'm going camping. Mm-hmm, or something mm-hmm, mm-hmm. loose details yup so bella's she finds herself on the way to the beach with all of the potential high school suitors a couple of the girls the and competition just all the competition <laughs> all those high school boys and um they make their way to the beach at la push because forks is just a little bit away from the coast from the ocean. She finds herself there. And so here's how we're introduced to this kind of new flavor in the book. It was only 15 miles to La Push from Forks, with gorgeous, dense green forests edging the road most of the way, and the wide Quileut River snaking beneath it twice. I was glad I had the window seat. We'd rolled the windows down. The suburban was a bit claustrophobic with nine people in it, and I tried to absorb as much sunlight as possible. I'd been to the beaches around La Push many times during my fork summers with Charlie, so the mile-long crescent of Furch's beach was familiar to me. It was still breathtaking. The water was dark, gray, even in the sunlight, white-capped and heaving to the gray rocky shore. Islands rose out of the steel harbor waters with sheer cliff sides, reaching to the uneven summits and crowned with austere, soaring firs. The beach had only a thin border of actual sand at the water's edge, after which it grew into millions of large, smooth stones that looked uniformly gray from a distance, but close up where every shade a stone could be. Terracotta, sea green, lavender, blue-gray, dull gold. The tide line was strewn with huge driftwood trees, bleached bone white in the salt waves, some piled together against the edge of the forest fringe, some laying solitarily just out of reach of the waves. So we're just like vibing at the beach now i really love again just stephanie meyer does such a beautiful job at illustrating the setting that we are now going to have beach day at beach day at la push it's la push baby it's la push baby la push yes (laughs) yeah so we have then at la push this new we have an introduction right Mm -hmm. to jacob black we made jacob for the first time takes a hundred and some pages yeah uh, sure does <laughs> sure does but we finally meet him on the beach oh, and yeah. page 98 there mm-hmm. you go 
<laughs> and uh, we're introduced to this this legend, right? This myth that Jacob tells her about, um, about how the Cullens, there's this myth, right? That the Cullens are descendant from this clan of vampires. And then, yes. I'm going to interrupt you. I want to read the paragraph oh, good. that leads into what you're saying. Oh, yeah. Okay. Do you have it up? Go. I do. Um, so what I loved about this part that we don't always get when we're thinking of Bella and Jacob is just how flippin' flirty Bella is with Jacob to get him to tell her the story. Like, she... He drops that, like, mm-hmm. he knows something about, like, the Cullens or whatever. And she's, like, starting to bat her eyes and look at him. So I oh just... got Bella what's... trying to flirt. Yes. But Jacob's younger than her. And he's so... He's like, oh, my God, this older woman is flirting with me. <laughs> I was still turning over the brief comment on the Cullens. And I had a sudden inspiration. It was a stupid plan. But I didn't have any better ideas. I hoped that young Jacob was as yet inexperienced around girls so that he wouldn't see through my sure-to-be-pitiful attempts at flirting. Do you want to walk down the beach with me? I asked, trying to imitate that way that Edward had of looking up from underneath his lashes. It couldn't have nearly the same effect, I was sure, but Jacob jumped up willingly enough and then they go to the beach and then we find out that he's gonna be 16 in like a hot minute so they're having these friendship moments and then he starts telling her about the history of the Quileute tribe and the Cullens and the wolves Mm -hmm. yeah this mythology right okay so I am just I'm so sucked in at this point and intrigued like if I were Bella and I moved to this tiny town and there's all of a sudden all of this mystery surrounding I'm going in I'm going in like Nancy Drew I'm getting all up in that and being a detective yeah I need to find out everything yeah this field research that she's doing right now (laughs) um She's like a spy. Yeah. Oh my god. Well, it's Sparrow. Who dis? I love the uh, the setup of the image because now they're walking along a beach. It's rainy. It's gray, and like she's pulling this story about mm-hmm. the cold ones. Yeah. Out of him. Oh, I love it. Ooh. So there's just like another layer now. Mm-hmm. And so what's you know what's the truth? Who knows? We don't know. We don't know. We have to find out. Well, her... Okay, so then... I mean, a lot of it is so then. Because so then, Morgan, I loved how we jump into, like, what her dreams are. And we get to experience what her dreams are. So are we ready? Are we ready to say goodbye to Jacob at the beach? Yeah, bye, Jacob at the beach. Bye. Thanks for the info. That's all. Like, what is it? Is it true? Is it not? I don't know. All right, we're going to... We're going to read this. So she's jamming out to a CD, just trying to forget everything that Jacob told her because, oh, my gosh, her brain is whirring. Angst, angst, angst. I opened my eyes to a familiar place, aware in some corner of my consciousness that I was dreaming. I recognized the green light of the forest. I could hear the waves crashing against the rocks somewhere nearby. And I knew that if I found the ocean, I'd be able to see the sun. I was trying to follow the sound, but then Jacob Black was there, tugging on my hand, pulling me back towards the blackest part of the forest. Jacob, what's wrong? I asked. 
His face was frightened as he yanked with all his strength against my resistance. I didn't want to go into the dark. Run, Bella. You have to run, he whispered, terrified. This way, Bella. I recognized Mike's voice calling out of the gloomy heart of the trees, but I couldn't see him. Why? I asked, still pulling against Jacob's grasp, desperate now to find the sun. But Jacob let go of my hand and yelped, suddenly shaking, falling to the dim forest floor. He twitched on the ground as I watched in horror. Jacob! I screamed. But he was gone. And in his place was a large, red-brown wolf with black eyes. The wolf faced away from me, pointing towards the shore, the hair on the back of his shoulders bristling, low growls issuing from between his exposed fangs. Bella, run! Mike cried out again from behind me, but I didn't turn. I was watching a light coming towards me from the beach. And then Edward stepped out from the trees, his skin faintly glowing, his eyes black and dangerous. He held up one hand and beckoned me to come to him. The wolf growled at my feet. I took a step forward, toward Edward. He smiled then, and his teeth were sharp, pointed. Trust me, he purred. I took another step. The wolf launched himself across the space between me and the vampire, fangs aiming for the jugular. No, I screamed, wrenching upright out of my bed. The sudden movement caused the headphones to pull the CD player off my bedside table, and it clattered to the wooden floor. Morgan, what do you think about that dream sequence that Stephanie Meyer has given us wrapped in a little package Mm -hmm. to devour? It's pretty intense. Wow. We have three boys just presenting what metaphor not metaphorical but like she's thinking about her male suitors and all of these boys that have shown interest in her that have given her a little eyebrow waggle and now with jacob's story her brain her beautiful mature brain is throwing scenarios her way just says a lot i really like bella Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. What else do you like about that passage, girl? I just dream <clears throat> sequence. No, Why'd you pick that one out? It's like when we know as we get forward a couple chapters, mm-hmm. we know how much Mike is pining for Bella. And so Stephanie is like giving us an opportunity and Bella's kind of mulling over in her head like there's this guy, Mike, calling me. I can't see him, but, like, that's kind of, like, the normal route, right? Like, that is an interest that I could, like, pursue, and he's into me. There's this curiosity with Jacob, but then there's this fascination with Edward and this protectiveness that she feels towards him. So it's just, uh, it's, I like that Stephanie used the tool of the dream mm-hmm. to help us flush out how she's feeling about these different characters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it matches perfectly with the myth that Jacob told her. And, spoiler, that's, like, gonna be kind of what happens in the book, right? (laughs) I don't know. We're gonna find out. we all know that's coming. (laughs) So, yeah, Yeah. that's, like, is it a premonition? Is it just a dream? It seemed very real. Yeah. And at this point, 
who's to say what it was because there's just a lot of magic going on and uncertainty. Ooh. So I had another Charlie moment. Great. Of Because Charlie's always there. You know, she had her bad dream and it's breakfast and she's hanging out with Charlie. So there's I'm living for the Charlie moments and the descriptions of Charlie. And when I get just a glimpse into like who he is as an adult, because thinking about it, Charlie is probably around our age at this time. Mm -hmm. Like he is most likely I'm getting like a late 30s, maybe early 40s vibe from him. And so that's just really putting this book into perspective for me. And so there is this sweet little description that Bella gives of her dad as they're like having a conversation that I absolutely love. He smiled back his brown eyes crinkling around the edges. When Charlie smiled, it was easier to see why he and my mother had jumped too quickly into an early marriage. Most of the young romantic he'd been in those days had faded before I'd known him, as the curly brown hair, the same color if not the same texture as mine, had dwindled, slowly revealing more and more of the shiny skin of his forehead. But when he smiled... I could see a little of the man who had run away with Renee when she was just two years older than I was. This. I adore this for so many reasons. Number one. Go. Stephanie Meyer. If you were listening. Bless. Bless. (laughs) Please. Please write a prequel about Renee and Charlie's love story. I want that more than I've wanted so many other things in my life. (laughs) Who was Charlie? Because this this one paragraph is so intriguing to me and said so much to me. Because, first of all, we know that, yeah, her mom was like 18, 19 when she and Charlie got married. So her mom was very young. So that's a little, I'm feeling now a little risky at this point, like this paragraph, because Mm -hmm. I can, I just, I guess I'm predicting what Charlie is probably feeling of like the responsibility and the tension knowing that like, oh, he's got this young daughter and he understands how spirited her mother was and how lively her mother was and like how this rural wind romance happened. And so as Bella's talking a little bit later about the weird thing like how weird it must be to be a dad of like a teenage girl and like you're hoping that she meets somebody but you're also dreading that she'll meet somebody but you hope like she's not alone and just kind of the weird feelings of that I'm starting to get that here and just also like seeing that there's more layers that like we don't get to see because it's just like not Bella's experience and but like I'm so seeing and appreciating that layer of just, wow, that's all there in this background. Like, they had this whole whirlwind romance, which also makes sense now to me so much more why there is this, like, caution with their relationship and the intensity of the relationship as it develops, right? Because they're really clouded by their personal experience of, like, wow, we fell in love very quickly, and, like, wow, it seems so nice, and but it just didn't work out. So, like, what if that's... Like you and 
you know, this MO kind of runs in the family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. So this spontaneity. Um, and so I just, I love that. And team Charlie, team, team Charlie, Charlie all the way. Okay. Um, so yeah, there's just, he's just living his whole life. Oh, I died to know what he's thinking. <laughs> I just, yeah. I want a whole book from his perspective. And so I love that. And then we do. I thought this was interesting. Um, We get a little Jane Austen shout out here. We sure do. Oh, my gosh. Bella's an Austen fan. Was that nice for you to just... That was so nice. I love that connection. So, yeah, she just t- talks about how she's like at home for one day and she's going to take a blanket out to the backyard. I need to read it. I'm going to read it because I it. already I already dog eared it and we're doing it. This is a long episode. Of course it is. My favorites were Pride and Prejudice and Sense and Sensibility. I'd read the first most recently, so I started into Sense and Sensibility, only to remember, after I began Chapter 3, that the hero of the story happened to be named Edward. Angrily. I turned to Mansfield Park, but the hero of that piece was named Edmund, and that was just too close. Weren't there any other names available in the late 18th century? I snapped the book shut, annoyed, and rolled over onto my back. I pushed my sleeve up as high as they would go and closed my eyes. I would think of nothing but the warmth on my skin, I told myself severely. I just like a yard nap. Mm. I like a yard nap with <laughs> Jane Austen books. Picnic. She just, Stephanie Meyer just takes a moment to be like, okay, reader, like we're in the middle of like these very real um, mystery right now, but also let's take a yard nap real quick and just ponder. It's so cute. Yeah, of all the things that she chose to move and Jane Austen, her collection was one of them, right? Yeah, she brought those. Yeah. She knew she needed them. And so I just had a moment of like, oh my God, I brought those too. Oh my God, me too, me too. Emotional support Jane Austen books. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was. I see you, Bella. It was. Yeah. Hey, AbPod listeners, hope you're feeling groovy and this episode is bringing a slice of nice to your day. Did you know you could follow AquariusBehavior.pod on Instagram to see weekly episode updates and behind the scenes podcast pictures? Yeah, it's true. You can also email the show at AquariusBehavior.pod at gmail.com to share your friendship stories or suggest a segment. Stay hydrated, buddies. Now on with the show. This is for couple chapters Mm -hmm. i just love just how much how much bella and edward conversation we get okay because that's just all what it is is just now like their encounters we go to port angeles Mm -hmm. we have a run-in with some ruffians yeah we do we go to have some dinner Mm -hmm. we get some mushroom ravioli (laughs) we get our mushroom ravioli (laughs) (laughs) uh and so just like conversation, conversation, conversation. Mm-hmm. Like, I love this. It's it's just flirty. Um, but it also, yeah, there's just like this sweetness and kind of this innocence to it of just they're just asking questions and like really wanting to know what is the other person thinking. Um, and I think this is so cute just in terms of like 
they both express how they have a hard time reading the other person. Mm-hmm. And so they just are getting in this habit of just asking and saying, like, what are you thinking about right now? <laughs> Which I think is a lot of what a relationship is, especially in the early years. And you're like getting you're like attuning to your partner. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's just a lot of like asking questions or we find ourselves in a new scenario. Mm-hmm. What is your thought and reaction about this? (laughs) And during these conversations, we find out why they have such a conversational problem. Oh, hmm. What could that be, Samantha? Well, okay. I because mm. the cat comes out of the bag, doesn't it? It does. Doesn't it? I'm gonna I'm gonna read when the cat comes out of the Mm -hmm. bag. Yeah, because this is where this is where like you know our author. Stephanie Meyer is saying, all right, reader, now we're going to learn some things. Now we're going to find out what's been going on from, I almost said Eric's point of view, from (laughs) Edward's point of view. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Talking about listening for Bella. Yes, here I sit because of you. I paused because somehow you knew how to find me today. I prompted. He pressed his lips together. I quickly scooped up another ravioli and popped it into my mouth. The ravioli is a character in this scene, too. I just need everyone to understand that the (laughs) ravioli is a character in this scene. Okay, I'll continue. I quickly scooped up another ravioli and popped it in my mouth. It's harder than it should be keeping track of you. <laughs> yeah, Morgan, are you okay over there? Uh-huh, I know, right? It is harder it than it should is. be. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay. It's harder than it should be keeping track of you. Usually, I can find someone very easily once I've heard their mind before. He looked at me anxiously and I realized I had frozen. I made myself swallow, then stabbed another ravioli and tossed it in. I was keeping tabs on Jessica, not carefully, like I said. Only you could find trouble in Port Angeles. And at first, I didn't notice when you took off on your own. Then, when I realized that you weren't with her anymore, I went looking for you at the bookstore. I saw in her head. I could tell that you hadn't gone in, and that you'd gone south. I knew you would have to turn around soon, So I was just waiting for you, randomly searching through the thoughts of people on the street to see if anyone had noticed you so that I would know where you were. I had no reason to be worried, but I was strangely anxious. He was lost in thought, staring past me, seeing things I couldn't imagine. Hot. Hot. Hot, hot. <laughs> so what behavior? He then oh. she she then <sighs> says, "Then what?" I whispered. He continued to stare over my head. I heard what they were thinking. He growled, his upper lip curling slightly back over his teeth. It was very hard. You can't imagine how hard for me. <laughs> That's not a part of the book. Take you away and leave them alive. Yes, it is. Morgan, get out of here. Read it again. Gonna read it again. (laughs) Then what? I whispered. He continued to stare over my head. I heard what they were thinking. 
He growled, his upper lip curling slightly back over his teeth. I saw your face in his mind. He suddenly leaned forward, one elbow appearing on the table, his hand covering his eyes. The movement was so swift it startled me. It was very hard. You can't imagine how hard for me to simply take you away and leave them alive. His voice was muffled in his arm. I could have let you go with Jessica and Angela, but I was afraid if you left me alone, I would go looking for them, he admitted in a whisper. So we learned a lot about Edward while we ate our ravioli. Things are getting intense. There's a lot of new information, and now we know that this boy can hear everybody's thoughts hear their minds Mm -hmm. but for some flipping reason and i think she says um but you can't hear my thoughts what am i broken or something like that and he's like i'm sitting here telling you all of these things and you're wondering if you are the broken one Mm -hmm. if there's something wrong with you bella bella (laughs) bella I would hate this. This is my nightmare. My nightmare is I have enough voices in my own head. Yes. Thank you very much. There's enough opinions in here. I would hate to hear what everyone is saying. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like he doesn't really have control of it over it. Like it's just kind of he can hear everybody's and sort of focus in and focus out. But ew. Yeah. No, thank you. Yeah, you can't no, read thank minds. You. He can't read minds, but he can hear what's happening in the moment. Ugh. And I, I just would hate, ugh, like awkward loss. I would lose my faith in humanity, probably. Oh yeah, it's like hearing gross. everybody's. I would just be like, I'm kind of oh, no. understanding. That's why, like this scene, I, I started to understand like why he's maybe defensive as he is. And because also doesn't ew. like to hang around other people because they're loud, loud in his mind. Way too loud. He needs earplugs. Shut up, everyone. For his mind. Yeah. I, I hate it. And so, ugh. it's just it's a downer. I don't like that. That's his superpower. That's like a curse. Interesting, Morgan. Interesting. Interesting. <sighs> I just feel bad. An ick. I would hate that. I can't. <laughs> okay. I need to um, jump into part of this conversation because we this is where I wrote on my margin, Bella, a heart and Edward, because Bella is now like being vulnerable with Edward and Mm -hmm. being like, hey, this is how I kind of sort of figured out what was going on. And I had an inkling over like, "Mm." and you know how (laughs) I found out I went to La Push and uh, I hung out with my buddy Jacob, and he's like, go on. She says, about vampires, I realized I was whispering. I couldn't look at his face now, but I saw his knuckles tighten convulsively on the wheel. They're driving home at this point. And you immediately thought of me? Still calm. No, he mentioned your family. He was silent staring at the road. I was worried suddenly. Worried about protecting Jacob? He just thought it was a silly superstition, I said quickly. He didn't expect me to think of anything of it. 
It didn't seem like enough. I had to confess. It was my fault. I forced him to tell me. Why? Lauren said something about you. She was trying to provoke me, and an older boy from the tribe said your family didn't come to the reservation. Only, it sounded like he meant something different. So, I got Jacob alone, and I tricked it out of him. I admitted, hanging my head. He startled me by laughing. I glared up at him. He was laughing, but his eyes were fierce, staring ahead. Tricked him how? He asked. I tried to flirt. It worked better than I thought it would. Disbelief colored my tone as I remembered. I'd like to have seen that, he chuckled darkly. And you accused me of dazzling people. Poor Jacob Black. I blushed and looked out my windows into the night. What did you do then? He asked me after a minute. I did some research on the internet. And did that convince you? His voice. <laughs> yeah, let's just take a minute to laugh. <laughs> I love this scene. It's so funny. So good. It's just, okay, page 150 is just a banger, you guys. Here we go. Oh my God, I've been trying so hard to suppress my giggles. Oh, I'm going to leave your giggles oh. in at the beginning of that. That was so cute. Oh, and you're reading it perfectly. <laughs> It's Bella's confession. I'm, it is. I'm so dark too. These I'm, are my confessions. I'm bad. I'm bad, Bella. I'm bad. <laughs> I'm naughty. Oh I did research on the internet because I was interested in you. I've been thinking also, about you. She also specifies that her research is on the internet. Let me tell you, it's 2024. If I tell you that I looked something up. It should be assumed that it was on the internet because I didn't go and look it up in a book and pull out my encyclopedia from the shelf. Like This, again, is just the chose like it is a book of its time. It's so 2005. Mm -hmm. Like, I looked it up on the internet. On the internet. <laughs> okay. So, here God. we go. Bella and Edward. I did some research on the internet. And did that convince you? His voice sounded barely interested, but his hands were clamped hard onto the steering wheel. No, nothing fit. Most of it was kind of silly. And then I stopped. What? I decided it didn't matter, I whispered. It didn't matter? His tone made me look up. I had finally broken through his carefully composed mask. His face was incredulous, with just a hint of the anger that I had feared. No, I said softly. It doesn't matter to me what you are. A hard, mocking edge entered his voice. You don't care if I'm a monster, if I'm not human. No. He was silent, staring straight ahead again. His face was bleak and cold. You're angry, I sighed. I shouldn't have said anything. No, he said, but his tone was as hard as his face. I'd rather know what you're thinking. 
even if what you're thinking is insane. So I'm wrong again, I challenged. That's not what I was referring to. It doesn't matter, he quoted, gritting his teeth together. I'm right, I gasped. Does it matter? I took a deep breath. Not really, I paused. But I am curious. My voice, at least, was composed. He was suddenly resigned. What are you curious about? How old are you? Seventeen, he answered promptly. And how long have you been seventeen? His lips twitched as he stared at the road. A while, he admitted at last. A while. A while. <laughs> A while. He admitted at last. So the passage that you just read, again, my brain compares it to the movie, okay? And I'm noticing the difference in a lot of these scene locations Mm -hmm. so much of their flirting and their just chit chats happen in cars it's just them like driving around versus in the movie where they're in like beautiful forests or whatever yeah and running around and yeah yeah. which is like it should be because you it would be probably boring (laughs) to watch the movie if it's just two people sitting in a car yeah but I get it. How much of your high school experience was driving around in cars with Entirely. a crush? Entirely. It's so relatable. Yes. Oh, so much of it. Mm-hmm. And so much of just like my freedom of having a car. I think of specifically like all of my friends in our cars in high school. They were all hand-me-downs. Everybody had names for their cars. Yeah. It was like, who's driving today? Uh, we just get bored and it's like, what are we going to do? Well, let's just tool around town. It was very like dazed and confused mm-hmm. kind of slower pace too. <laughs> drive you to know? the Dairy Queen or go to Perkins. Yeah. And you just, what do you do? You chat. Yep. You just chat. And it's just getting mm-hmm. to know each other while they're chatting. Yep. Because we didn't have smartphones. Oh, it's so, so sweet. Uh, it's so intimate. Yeah. All of the CDs. I also, that resonated. Yeah. Because that listening. was a thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they talk about what's playing in their cars. You know, they've got the chunk of CDs that they pull out from the center console. Uh, yes. That was so it. And like in my car, I had a, uh, like a, how many did it have? It had five or six like CDs that could fit in it. And so then I could program it and say, oh, we're going to listen to CD2. Did oh, you have a, listen to CD6. Did you have a cartridge? I had a cartridge. Oh, you had a cartridge yes. that you loaded all of your CDs into and then put yeah, into did you just see me do that an area. Well, it's because I didn't have a cartridge, but my parents' car had a cartridge. Mm-hmm. And so I remember that anytime we wanted to change the CD lineup, we had to park and pop that trunk because the cartridge was only accessible mm. in the back seat. See, yeah, mine was in the center console. See, that's super smart. And so, and that's what they should have done. Yeah, that's a better way. So to do I it. couldn't, I couldn't like put my pens and my napkins in there. Oh. <laughs> but your bits, I had a place for all my CDs. Yeah, and so then, six. yeah, I if I had a passenger, it was great. And I was like, oh, here, just yeah, change out the CDs or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I had all of my CDs lined on my visor. Yeah, because that was really popular. You got a uh, little CD organizer holder that would just fit on your visor your visor i imagine that bella would have one in her truck but there would be 
not even a speck of anything in Edward's car. There's no, no. phone mount because he doesn't have a phone. But like, there's no yeah. like little cute animal on the front. There's no seat covers. There's no Mm-mm. steering fuzzy steering wheel energy. Uh, no, it is like I just think of his car as almost like sterile. Like yes. it's just very clean. Mm-hmm. It's very like clean environment situation we got going on. And then they actually like accidentally bumped hands when they're in the car and there's just a few moments of like getting to know you getting to know (laughs) she finds out like how you know can he go in the sun and does he sleep in a coffin these are Mm -hmm. all interesting interesting questions yeah what was fun yeah and what was fun for me reading that is just (laughs) i guess okay so the setting is so real and it's it's so rooted in reality you know as we were just saying those are core memories of ours is driving around in high school Mm -hmm. in small towns and you know who are you going to talk to who's your passenger what are you guys going to talk about oh my god life and it's you know it's dark outside and oh we're getting so deep now and it's raining (laughs) and it's raining and feelings um (laughs) i'm having a feeling (laughs) so I love that. But the conversation itself is just like so out there. And and we're just like really now we're like fully um, diving into the fantasy of this. And we're just we're fully we're fully in the fantasy now. I'm, I love it. You know, we're flirting with it up until now. And, and it all seems more realistic and now it's just like, nope, I'm a vampire, batch. So, but he's a vampire, but he's a very specific kind of vampire. He's a vegetarian vampire. Mm-hmm. And we're going to read about it right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We try, he explains slowly. We're usually very good at what we do. Sometimes we make mistakes. Me, for example, allowing myself to be alone with you. This is a mistake. I heard the sadness in my voice, but I didn't know if he could as well. A very dangerous one, he murmured. This is normally where I'd yell hot from across the room. (laughs) We were both silent then. I watched, I like these introspective moments, so we were both silent then. I watched the headlights twist with the curves of the road. They moved too fast. It didn't look real. It looked like a video game. I was aware of the time slipping away so quickly, like the black road beneath us. And I was hideously afraid that I would never have another chance to be with him like this again. Openly, the walls between us, gone for once. His words hinted at an end, and I recoiled from the idea. I couldn't waste one minute I had with him. Tell me more. I asked desperately. It's like her whole reality is being changed because now vampires, vampires exist, first of all. Also, Edward is. And also, but he's not a people-eating vampire. He's an animal-eating mm-hmm, vampire. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I say eating like blood-sucking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's a weird place to be, isn't it? That curiouser and curiouser. You know, here you are in the midst of your sexual awakening. (laughs) 
Yes. Yes. Take me down this road, Morgan. And <sighs> that's a lot to take in. <laughs> it's a lot to take in. He's also just so, oh my God, drama. Edward, everything he says is just so, I just imagine him like scrunchy faced, just like me, whiny. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Edward. I'm so dark. And, and like, I have this dark past. My dark past. <laughs> my tortured heart. This, he does. He sounds so tortured. He's mm-hmm. so tortured angst. artist here. Angst, angst, yeah. angst. Yeah. Then Edward says something like this. It makes me anxious to be away from you. His eyes were gentle but intense, and they seemed to be making my bones turn soft. I wasn't joking when I asked you to try not to fall in the ocean or get run over last Thursday. I was distracted all weekend, worrying about you. And after what happened tonight, I'm surprised that you did make it through a whole weekend unscathed. I just love how vulnerable he is being in this moment because mm-hmm. it's like all the walls are down mm-hmm. and now he's just going to be super real with her that like for some reason for some weird reason he is so drawn to her and just like needs to be around her and she's always on his mind it's just hot it's just hot morgan <sighs> oh my god i remember this phase of mm-hmm. life mm-hmm. i remember i lived this yeah okay Everything was so big and so special and significant. Oh, it's so special. <sighs> it's the it's just oh my god. Your whole life I'm so special, you're so yes. special. This moment is mm-hmm. so special. They're going to write songs <laughs> about how special this moment was. Oh, ballads. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. I I look back now and I go like I see pictures. I have in my possession my journals, like I'm an avid journaler. Yeah, you write it down. I own still my journals from my high school years. I can attest to the fact she was a whiny bee. Okay. <laughs> like she just, wow. She had a lot to say. Big feelings, lots of love. Um, That's how it feels. This, like, this is so, yeah, like Edward's speech here it is so perfect because it it is just so it's dramatic um it's just like has all of this emotion in it and it's just it's also hilarious to me because i'm like this is so ridiculous like you are too much sir yeah (laughs) and that's but that's like the such the beauty of it is because that is how it feels that is so how i have felt like as a teenager being in love for the first time and it's just like oh my gosh i think about you constantly i want to be around you constantly i want to talk about you all the time you're the most interesting person in the world (laughs) like i love that this is what I'm this is why people read this this is why like that right there Mm -hmm. this is why like middle-aged women went gaga for the twilight saga this is why this is so fucking charming and i'm sorry is it not this i think this is adorable i need to draw a parallel (laughs) will you come with me because usually 
this is the part where we're confessing interest in love. Usually in our Regency era, these are letters. And so we are getting a whole kind of confession and like, Mm -hmm. you know, I've been doing this and having these feelings this whole time. And this is what's been going on in the background Mm -hmm. that you're not aware of. You are under all these perceptions, but actually here's what it is. And now here's all my secrets. And we now Mm -hmm. have like Mm -hmm. a a mutual understanding and moment of truth and honesty. You're right. And so like. We're getting that. It's just so early in the mm-hmm. book. And I don't want to be like, oh, yeah, now the Jane Austen similarities are over. But it's like the mm-hmm. the reveal is so well done mm-hmm. in this sequence. Yeah. But you're right. It is happening in a similar way to Austen. It's just it's a long speech. We're getting all we're just pouring out our heart and our soul. Word vomiting out. Oh, I need to read the last paragraph it. of this chapter. Okay. <laughs> this I'm is have the another best. skittle. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, podcasting. Okay. They get home. She needs to get her life right, pretty much. She has a phone call with Jess. It's all superfluous and whatever. So now we have a moment alone with Bella. My mind still swirled dizzily full of images I couldn't understand, and some I fought to repress. Nothing seemed clear at first, but as I fell gradually closer to unconsciousness, a few certainties became evident. About three things, I was absolutely positive. First, Edward was a vampire. Second, there was a part of him, and I didn't know how potent that part might be, that thirsted for my blood. And third, I was unconditionally and irrevocably in love with him. Mm. Hot. Iconic. Hot. Iconic. Yes, 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 yes. Unconditionally and irrevocably in love with Mm. him. So good. It's just so big. It's so intense Mm. right away. Mm It's a little frightening. It's big. I'm, I'm a love. little. I'm hesitant. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling vulnerable right now. We're falling fast, very fast. We're, <laughs> we're see. Bella is seeing some beige flags, and she's seeing some red flags, mm-hmm. and she is weighing the balance of the information that she knows up to this point. Mm-hmm. And it's decisions, decisions. Mm-hmm. Of course, she loves him. Like. <sighs> Her, I, what, wait, what? No. You, you, I'm not going to talk about it right now. loving Edward right now? I, I don't want to talk about this right now. Okay. You're not ready? No, I'm not ready. Okay. I'll save it for part two because cool. we're really rocking through this and we're, I, yeah. I mean, I would not say Edward is not fuckboy material. I don't, I haven't met any fuckboys yet. Mm-hmm. All of the boys courting Bella they seem harmless. Yeah, they're just they're nice clueless. Yeah. That's the thing. I look at them. I'm like, oh, my God, baby. Mm-hmm. Oh, honey. Yeah. <laughs> Sweetie. Oh, Mike Newton. Mm. Oh. Okay. All right. Oh. But then we have <laughs> Edward, who we find out is actually uh, way older than 17. 103. 103 I believe is how old he is. So there's also that 
level of him experiencing that much life and his old yeah. soulness. And I think that Bella's old soul and his old soul really speak to each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's something weird going on where it's kind of, I don't know. There's just, Bella talks about it. Like they're just like, there's this electricity or something. There's something about it. Ooh, and it's hot. Like mm-hmm. they're made for each other. That's what that's what Austin books were missing. <laughs> like it was missing like <laughs> the electricity, like, the, more, the more sensual descriptions okay. of wow, he made me tingle. <laughs> like that's what this is giving me. It's like it's so it's so like PG right now. Um and then things like that happen or there's, you know, very I was giggling earlier when you were reading passages because there is some not so cryptid uh, passages where we use some specific language that sounds phallic in nature and makes me laugh because I'm immature. (laughs) Yes. Um, But that again is one of the joys of reading this book because it gets me thinking, was that intentional or is that just me? Oh, I just imagine like, Stephanie for things. cackling. No, absolutely. <sighs> I don't know. Yeah. But- what what part was it? Did you find it? Do you have it? No. Okay. Great. Mm-mm. That's just fine then. No. Nope. Uh, I need to read you a central part that should have been in Jane Austen. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. <laughs> so I think that one of the things that the book does a really good job of is give the reader an actual glimpse into how Bella feels about Edward because that's really mm-hmm. hard to mm-hmm. convey, not in a book. Uh, and so they're kind of, you remember when you were like in high school and you were talking to your crush on the phone and then it was like, no, you hang up. No, you hang up for hours. No, you hang up. Okay, I'm going to hang up. No, you (sighs) hang up. They're doing like the, do you really think that you love me more than I love you moment? Okay, let's get into it. Oh my God. Come with me, readers. Young love. We were inclined towards each other across the table now. He had his large white hands folded under his chin. I leaned forward, my right hand cupped around my neck. I had to remind myself that we were in a crowded lunchroom with probably many curious eyes on us. It was too easy to get wrapped up in our own private, tense little bubble. Do you truly believe that you care for me more than I do for you? He murmured, leaning closer to me as he spoke, his dark, golden eyes piercing. I tried to remember how to exhale. I had to look away before it came back to me. You're doing it again, I muttered. His eyes opened wide with surprise. What? Dazzling me, I admitted, trying to concentrate as I looked back at him. Oh, he frowned. It's not your fault, I sighed. You can't help it. Are you going to answer the question? I looked down. Yes. Yes, you are going to answer, or yes, you really think that. He was irritated again. Yes, I really think that. I kept my eyes down at the table, my eyes tracing the pattern of the faux wood grains painted on the laminate. The silence dragged on. I stubbornly refused to be the first to break it. 
this time fighting hard against the temptation to peek at his expression. Finally, he spoke, his voice velvet soft. You're wrong. I glanced up to see that his eyes were gentle. You can't know that, I disagreed in a whisper. I shook my head in doubt, though my heart throbbed at his words, and I wanted so badly to believe them. What makes you think so? His liquid topaz eyes were penetrating, trying futilely, I assumed, to lift the truth straight from my mind. I stared back, struggling to think clearly in spite of his face, to find some way to explain. As I searched for the words, I could see him getting impatient, frustrated by my silence. He started to scowl. This is really hard for Edward because he just cannot hear what... He has had the privilege. He has had the pleasure of experiencing everyone's internal thoughts in the moment around him. And now he's getting nothing from Bella. And just watching him squirm as the reader, I'm just loving it. I'm just loving it. It explains why he's so so like he's socially awkward. Let's yeah. be honest. He's got a lot to socially listen to. Socially awkward man. person. Yeah. Because and I understand that because yeah, he's used to just reading people's minds. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't have to ask questions. He doesn't have to engage with people because he knows what they're thinking in the moment. So he's like, okay, great. That's it. And then I'll just tell my whole family. And like now we all know what's going on. And we're set. And so we don't have to talk to people. Yeah. <laughs> so he doesn't talk to people. He doesn't have to socialize ever. Mm-hmm. How do? How? No, he doesn't. How do make friends? No, he don't know how. No. So, so this next paragraph. Okay, uh, wait. So break yeah. it down for me. No, you no, just no. read that whole paragraph, no, 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 but you no. didn't talk about it. I know. What I do knew, you like about I that paragraph? I need to read this last part. Why is it significant to you? I don't know how to read minds. But sometimes it seems like you're trying to say goodbye when you're saying something else. That was the best I could sum up the sensation of anguish that his words triggered in me at times. I needed to get to that part because Bella is attached. She is, she is attached. Sum up the sensation of anguish that his words triggered. Mm. Her body is sensing that like he's trying to resist her. Mm. But he can't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh. 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 Yeah. What does that part make you feel? You hang up first. No, you hang up first. <laughs> it's I wrote hot three times in the margins during this part. It's uh just I just really like also that Bella's like, yeah, I think that um, you know, I like you more than you like me. So there. And Edward's like, nuh-uh. <laughs> No, and it's just it's just such a silly way to have this conversation. Yeah, because Bella's being vulnerable, being like, "Um, you're essentially a supermodel vampire and I am just like a nerd human. And how how would you think (laughs) that my smelly human body, my messy life, clumsy self just moved to forks? Mm -hmm. Why me? Why mm-hmm. me? And so we have this moment of just like realness, putting their cards mm-hmm. on the table because it's like, okay, do you like me as much as I like you? Is this 
do we like each other? Is this happening? This is like the pages where <laughs> like, like, is it are happening? Are we dating? Like, are we like, going study now? We're sitting in the lunchroom together. What? We are leaning towards each other. We are having a very whispered conversation. And we're arguing about who likes the other more. <sighs> Just makes my heart go, Arr. Oh my gosh. Okay, so and I I have a question specifically for you. So as mm-hmm. you read this again cuz you've read this book before. Have you read this multiple times before? Yeah. Okay, at like different parts of your life. I uh, I read it when it first came out. <clears throat> have not read it for a lot of years. So okay. this is like my but then I like listened to the audiobook a bunch of times and I've been reading this bad boy. So I've reread okay, okay. it a lot recently. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you do you find yourself like do you remember parts of this and reading it when you were younger? And does like part of your brain remember that and go back and think like, oh my God, like this part is still resonating and like so romantic or wow, I thought this was really great and now it looks different. Like is cause my brain, I don't remember any of this. Mm-hmm. So my brain feels like it's looking at it fresh. But like do you have memories that are popping up as you're rereading i thought that it was really interesting the first time i read it i was just like so enamored with edward Uh that it was just not that like i was skim reading but i couldn't read the book fast enough because i was loving it so much i just Mm -hmm. couldn't read it fast enough going back through this time i realized how many descriptive words that uh, stephanie uses with um he's angry He's tense. He's feeling um, just all of this uncomfortableness mm-hmm. in his vampire body, whatever that feels like. Uh, and it's just so interesting to me to be um, immersed in that moment as a 37-year-old lady. Mm-hmm. Because reading this the first time, I just I remember clutching the book. I remember imagining them just leaning towards each other at the table. It's um, also just like they're they're in the middle of the lunchroom. Like Edward Cullen is talking to someone else who isn't his family and like he's being a normal person. So as the first time I read it, I just Mm -hmm. thought it was so freaking cute. And this time I just realized how uh, conflicted he mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. and how it's just like well i love you but also uh oh oh no mm-hmm. what do we do now mm-hmm. i see some boundary work in that in like those paragraphs so it's it's also funny to me which again is like the comedy of this this book is a fucking comedy it's and hilarious. it's so fun you guys it's just like ugh, if you're gonna read it just like go in just like an open, fun mind. It's a vacation book. Like, mm. Mm, mm, I'm transported. And so I am transported. Um, <laughs> so like Shit. she's using Stephanie Meyer uses these really intense feelings and these just like outrageous themes of mythology. Um, but really, I'm seeing in that scene some boundaries laid out, right? I mean, yes, they're talking, a, you know, a little bit of like a teenage. Mm, I love you more. No, I love, I you, love more. you more. No, I love you more. Um, but I also see like Bella standing up for herself and saying like, hey, you don't get to assume my feelings. And like kind of in the same way, Edward doing the same thing. And everybody's saying like, hey, um, 
yep, everybody gets to be validated here. And (laughs) it's not a competition anymore. But also, like, don't assume to understand what's going on in my head. Because, like, you don't actually know. It's so I would like to share with you, and I'm going to try my best. But don't ever assume. You know, it is kind of... It's it's funny to me, too, because it is a very serious conversation that's happening in the backdrop of the public lunchroom. In like, Forks, <laughs> Washington. Mm-hmm. Public in space. 2005. <laughs> but again, I can so relate. Like, images are popping into my head of just, like, sitting next to the person I like and getting so just swept up in our conversation and being in, like, that bubble and just PDA, PDA, PDA. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just forgetting, you know, I get it. Yeah. So there. She's just so there. They're in their own little cramped <laughs> bubble. Yes. Of like awkward mm-hmm. expressions of love and. Yes. <clears throat> and so, yeah. So like it is kind of this serious conversation. And yeah, it does seem to me too like a pivotal moment in their relationship, kind of a turning point of them. Yeah, just really laying it all out there in the lunchroom one day on a Tuesday or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Saying like, hey, I like you. I'm invested here. We should go steady. Mm -hmm. Like, here's my class ring. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I noticed that there... So I... The thing that I love, like, when I watch movies is when somebody says the name of the movie in a line in the movie. Yes. They said the thing. They said the thing. Hey, that's the name of the movie. Mm -hmm. Like, love that when it happens. Uh, That happened in this book. (gasps) Okay. Give me it. So on page 190, okay, we're we're driving home. Again, it's at the end of a car scene. We've driven in the car. We're talking. We're getting to know each other. Edward's being really curious. Uh, And they pull up to Bella's house and Bella goes, oh my gosh, like what time is it? It's dark already. And the line, it's twilight. Edward murmured. He said the thing and I squared it in my book. Um, Because of course these whole chapters are just them driving around in cars and talking or being in the lunchroom and talking. Um, there, There was another part too of this where Bella has a line as they're talking. It's twilight. She, they're parked in front of her house. She's going to go in. And she says, I like the night. Without the dark, we'd never see the stars. That is now officially in the running for my hypothetical twilight lower back tattoo. Ooh. Uh, in the running. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, put it on the board. I can't speak to this until I've read the entire saga. It's going to be a whole year. But it's here. And I want it noted. Yeah. (laughs) We need to start start writing our good Twilight quotes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I need it noted. I need it noted. (laughs) Okay, so we read up to chapter 13. So we read through chapter 12. This book is also just so, oh, I love how even it is. It's 24 chapters. Nice round even number. 12 12 chapters chapters is like six hours to listen to. It's It's great. The chapter chunks are about the same. So it's like about halfway through the book. The table of contents is one page. (laughs) Just like I'm owed to Twilight. (laughs) I really am loving it. So, okay. So we end 
the first half of this book with um, Bella and Edward are going on a day date together. It's a day date. I am so here for it. They go on a day date (laughs) and they're going hiking. And my worst nightmare, not my worst, but like one of my nightmares happens where Mm -hmm. she's inappropriately dressed for a day of hiking. (laughs) Oh, five miles. Oh, five miles through the brush in the woods of Forks, Washington. Didn't bring the right shoes. Didn't bring my canteen. Oh, man. (laughs) No, I hate being inappropriately dressed for activities. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) If my temperature control is off, we're out. Um, yeah, and having hiked around that having, region, having hiked around the uh, yeah peninsula region prop, of Washington, proper footwear <laughs> and clothing essential. Yeah, it's very wet. There's a lot going on. So many more tree trunks than you think. Yeah, that there's going to be because all the roots are so shallow and they just pop yeah. right up. Yeah, because the roots are so shallow, the trees fall, and so there's so much more stuff on the forest floor, Mm -hmm. and there's moss everywhere, and it's all, like, not neon green, but, like, Mm -hmm. so green. (sighs) Yeah, a lot more climbing than I expected. Yeah, and so she's making her way hiking. They're doing five miles. And then what happens, Morgan? Okay, so... Well, first off, we have another Charlie being hot for the Collins. Oh, Charlie. Okay. Let's have a Charlie moment. We run into Jacob again. Oh, my God. With his dad. Uh, They pop over for a little game. Watch some of the sports on the TV with Charlie. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is pretty cute. And so um, I love the way that Billy is introduced, by the way. So uh, she is talking about uh, seeing Jacob and realizing like, oh, there's somebody with him too. And she, it takes her like a bit to recognize him and she's a little embarrassed that she didn't before. So here's how she describes Billy Black. Jacob was already climbing out, his wide grin visible even through the darkness. In the passenger seat was a much older man, a heavy set man with a memorable face, a face that overflowed, the cheeks resting against his shoulders, with creases running through the russet skin like an old leather jacket. Ooh, that description. A face that so overflowed. Good. I mean, she's just like describing somebody who I imagine high wisdom score. Uh, this man has lived life. He's like the emotion on his face. Just everything is there. Um, Ooh, I love it. And, and he clearly, we know a little bit about him already just from like what Jacob has said about how he doesn't really like the Collins. He has this uh, superstition about the Collins. Right. And so, and, and that's really like how Jacob dismisses it. Like, Oh my God, my dad is just like, (laughs) Being like an old man, and he's got these, oh, geez, (laughs) he's got these superstitions. Uh, So that's really all like we think of it right now. Um, But (sighs) Charlie getting hot for the Collins again. Mm -hmm. So they're there, and Bella is talking to Jacob, 
Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is where she tells him, like, hey, I've been getting rides with Edward Gullen and, like, we're hanging out and stuff. <clears throat> Guess that explains it then. He said, I wondered why my dad was acting so strange. That's right. I faked an innocent expression. He doesn't like the Cullens. Superstitious old man, Jacob muttered under his breath. You don't think he'd say anything to Charlie? I couldn't help asking, the words coming out in a low rush. Jacob stared at me for a moment, and I couldn't read the expression in his dark eyes. I doubt it, he finally answered. I think Charlie chewed him out pretty good last time. They haven't spoken much since. Tonight is sort of a reunion, I think. I don't think he'd bring it up again. Okay. <laughs> so, like, like, okay. Try to convince me that Charlie doesn't have a crush on Carlisle because he's getting in a fight with his best friend defending the Cullen. The doctor. Yeah. He's very, there's, very strong feelings here. There's a rift. Okay. It's, he's a valuable asset to the community, Morgan. Mm-hmm. 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 And just, okay, again, this is where my heart, because this is like where reading this again was where it clicked in my brain. Why Charlie defends Carlisle so much and like why he respects him. Hear me out here. I'm ready. I think that Charlie sees Carlisle as the person that Charlie wanted to be. And Carlisle has everything that Charlie wanted. Right? Like, he and Renee fell in love. And it seems like his ideal situation was like, wow, I'm going to find the person in my dreams. We're going to get married. We're going to have a family. We're going to live in Forks. Like, we're going to be part of the community. And that was not what Renee wanted. And so here he has... These people who come to Forks want to contribute, want to be part of the community. And they have this like beautiful family. Everybody really seems to be rooting for each other. And oh my God, I cried in my kitchen. <laughs> Did you really? It's, he's fighting with his best friend, defending. Yes. Yeah. Like he just has That's very thoughtful, Morgan. Uh, I agree. He just I agree. He has such a respect for Carlisle. Mm-hmm. And like it just really seems like to me, yeah, he just really sees them as like the epitome of everything that he has ever wanted. And he's like, this deserves to be protected. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, he doesn't even really know these people, but he's like, Yeah, you know, and he makes a mention that, you know, we're so lucky that his wife wanted to live in a town like this. Oh, okay. Oh, cut me to my core. I hadn't thought about either of those points, Morgan. And it's, um, yeah, team, team Charlie. He is a good man. Yeah. See, this is why as a 35 year old woman reading through these, this is what my mind is catching where I'm like, I never ever caught that or thought about that before. I didn't care what Charlie was Ever. doing at all my first read through. No. I was like, Bella, Edward, Bella, Edward. Because <laughs> this is the third time it's mentioned in the book that he mm-hmm. defends the Cullens. Yeah. And like stands up for them, really promotes them. 
and everybody's all prejudiced. It's just uh, my heart. Okay. My heart cannot yeah. take it. Um, and then, of course, one of my favorite, okay, one of my favorite parts, Bella. Yeah. Bad Bella being a druggie. Okay. Yes. Yes. Please. This part, I remember listening to this part <laughs> in the car and I audibly laughed because they don't do it in the movie. It's so funny. Okay, I understand why this is problematic. And mm-hmm. so like disclaimer here, children don't take medicine when you're not sick. And that hasn't been given to you by an adult. <laughs> it's really bad for your liver. Like, don't, Just don't do, do that. But in the don't book do it. in 2005, I find this hilarious. Yeah. As a 35 year old, yes. this cracks me up. Okay. Mm-hmm. Bad Bella. Oh, I'm nasty. <laughs> no, you are so <laughs> vanilla, honey. I love you. You're so sweet. <gasps> mwah, mwah. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> she's getting ready for her day date with Edward. Mm-hmm. And she's so nervous. So she takes yeah. a shower, does a little self care, a little pamper, pamper. Okay. And then I was relieved when it was late enough to be acceptable for bedtime. I knew I was far too stressed to sleep, so I did something I'd never done before. I deliberately took unnecessary cold medicine, the kind that knocked me out for a good eight hours. I normally wouldn't condone that type of behavior in myself, but tomorrow would be complicated enough without me being loopy from sleep deprivation on top of everything else. While I waited for the drugs to kick in, I dried... I like you reading it in a villainous voice. While I waited for the drugs to kick in. It's Amazing. just so perfect. It's, and it's, it's so, so... It's so emo and also so high emo. school. It's so, so high dramatic, school. Like, oh my god. I just need Drama. to take some cold medicine so I can sleep. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm no, going to get through it. it. <clears throat> While I waited for the drugs to kick in, I dried my clean hair till it was impeccably straight and fussed over what I would wear tomorrow. <sighs> I love this. <laughs> Isn't Bella such so a good character? She's such a good character. (laughs) And I love how vulnerable and also real she is in this moment of like, normally I would not condone this behavior. But this is a special circumstance. I found out that the dude I like is a vampire. So this is what we're doing. Okay. So I definitely was a vanilla teenager myself. Okay. So like my like typical Friday night was... My two or three best friends would come over after pep band mm-hmm. and then we would play rock band in my basement and then watch Disney movies and my mom would make us snacks. So and if we were hardcore, it was like, wow, we're going to be up to like 1230. We got the Mountain Dew. Yep. Full Mountain Dew. Yeah. Full strength. Full strength. All the sugar. Okay. <laughs> like hardcore. And rock band. Just the sound of those drumsticks against yeah. those uh, drum pads. Oh, you better believe it. I love okay, it. so like this cracks me up so much because like this is the kind of vanilla shit that like would happen amongst my friend group, 
in high school of like, oh my gosh, you took a dose of cough medicine last night, but you weren't sick. Don't. Oh my God. Like, Brittany, intervention. <laughs> <laughs> Brittany, intervention. <laughs> We're like, literally, there's like bad heroin problems in the suburbs of Minneapolis. <laughs> Very real. So like, that's what's currently happening. Uh, so this that's why like this cracks me up so much because again just the innocence Bella. of this mm-hmm. but also I understand why like that's problematic like kids don't fucking do that okay don't do it this is a fantasy book don't listen to what it's saying you know <sighs> the golly when you're reading the book about vampires and all of these things mm-hmm. don't pull out the advice about over prescribing yourself cold medicine not real yeah just don't do it nope but that i love that you loved that part because how do you illustrate that how do you illustrate that in a movie and so we have these like unique quiet moments when bella is just like not like experimenting with herself but just like really trying to control how her body experiences this Mm -hmm. And she's trying to put it in a box and she's like, okay, we're going to sleep and then we're going to go do it tomorrow and then we'll go do the next day. Like so good luck, man. everyone. Yeah. Metal. She's strapping eh. in. She's strapping in for the next part of her adventure. So she does get to sleep, right? Don't do cold medicine. Okay. Kids. Let's talk about the ending of this segment. This could not have been more perfect had we planned it, which we didn't. No, we didn't. And now we're on our day date. Stephanie, you clever vixen, you. <sighs> Beautiful. You planned that. <sighs> we're on our day date. Mm-hmm. And then what happened, Sam? We're, we're in a we're in a, a valley. Like the oh. the clearing, right? Yeah. Let's I'll I'll read us I'll read us out this part. <laughs> so they also have this opportunity to have a little chat in the forest and so we're also learning things about them as they're walking but edward's like i just gotta show you this place like i just gotta show you this place it's you know five mile hike let's go i spun around searching for him with sudden alarm i finally spotted him still under the dense shade of the canopy at the edge of the hollow watching me with cautious eyes only then did i remember what the beauty of the meadow had driven from my mind, the enigma of Edward and the sun, which he'd promised to illustrate for me today. I took a step back towards him, my eyes alight with curiosity. His eyes were wary, reluctant. I smiled encouragingly and beckoned to him with my hand, taking another step back to him. He held up a hand in warning, and I hesitated rocking back into my heels. Edward seemed to take a deep breath, and then he stepped out into the bright glow of the midday sun. End scene. End of scene. Whoa. Boom. My God. (sighs) So that's where we got to in Twilight, friends. That is halfway through the book. That's it. Oh, my gosh. What happens? I I I love the meadow scene. I love the meadow scene. Oh, I cannot wait to keep reading. I'm so glad we're doing Twilight this year. These are going to be such fun characters to get into because Mm -hmm. I know I could sit here for another 45 minutes and talk about the first half of this book. Yeah. But wow, our listeners, 
you guys so strap cute. in for a twilight adventure this year it's gonna be really fun yeah he takes her to his special place his special spot <laughs> it's oh. so cute gonna have a little picnic it's it's also everything is so mossy and so ferns and so covered in moss and wet so beautiful it's just so gorgeous and i loved the part about i <sighs> chose that because it i love how stephanie just writes the ancient trees the, mm-hmm. everything is just like olive green and it's just so beautifully like descriptive mm-hmm. really looking forward to literally starting the audiobook on my way home <laughs> <laughs> it is it's a mystical setting chapter 13 confessions oh i love it yeah it, it does feel like we're really i don't know that that where we ended it just it seems like a turning point in the book because the way that she described things it is it's just like this mystical landscape uh she, you know she's here with her first love he's a vampire there's danger it's it's sexy it's It's dangerous we don't know uh and yeah it just seems like we're we're crossing over like we're crossing over into this world where myth meets reality and we're gonna see what happens in the next part of the book oh my gosh oh i can't wait well morgan should we wrap it up Yes, we should. Would you tell me what's happening next week? Yes. Remind me and all of our listeners, what's going down in the pod lounge? Okay, well, if you want to listen to more Twilight, we'll be back in two weeks with another Twilight episode. We'll be finishing out the book Twilight, uh, and then we'll continue on with New Moon. It's going to be great. Uh, next week, we're actually going to talk a little bit about our trip to Seattle. Did we mention we went to Washington? We went there. Yes. <laughs> and so we're going to share some stories from our trip and talk a little bit about the airport and what that must have been like for Bella as she arrived in the Seattle airport and what that was like for us. Thank you to Joybird for the use of our theme song, For Real. Love and abundance, friends. Bye. I got a smile.